B3 Counties Radio. It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Hertfordshire Widows Asbestos Campaign, murder investigation in Bucks Village and train delays continue on the West Coast mainline. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire widow says she's desperate to secure justice after her husband died as a result of being exposed to asbestos. Clive Brimmel from Wellin died at the age of 59 from an incurable cancer after coming into contact with asbestos in the workplace. During the 1980s, he worked at the Nabisco cereal factory in Welling Garden City. His widow Eileen now wants his former colleagues to come forward with vital information on the working conditions. Police have stepped up patrols in the Buckinghamshire village of Nash following the murder of a man there on Tuesday. Detectives haven't yet explained how 31-year-old Adam Fernelli died. More from Jane Killick. Police were called to the Nash Park Traveller site shortly after nine o'clock in the morning by an ambulance crew who found that Mr Finelli had died. Results of a post-mortem examination haven't yet been released, but Thames Valley Police say they're treating it as murder. They've appealed for any information about the death of Mr Finelli, who came from Dunstable, and are patrolling the village to reassure the public. The Chancellor is coming under pressure to give more details about his post-election spending cuts. If the Conservatives are returned to power, the Liberal Democrats will set out their own priorities today, delivering an alternative budget that will rely more on tax rises. The Treasury Minister and South West Hertfordshire MP David Gork said the government had turned around the record deficit left by Labour. Speaking as someone who's been a Treasury Minister throughout this whole period, I mean, I can remember the 2010 budget and the desperate position we were in, the risks of a sovereign debt crisis, the fact that we inherited plans that completely lacked credibility and that the okay. UK was a poor-performing economy with the fastest-growing major economy in the advanced world last year. David we Gork. are moving in the right direction. Delays are continuing this morning on the West Coast mainline as network rail repairs overhead power lines near Tring. Disruption is expected until at least 8 o'clock. Virgin London Midland and Southern services are all affected between Milton Keynes and Watford. There are calls to control controversial betting machines which have netted bookmakers over £50 million in the three counties over the past year. The Campaign for Responsible Gambling wants a price cap on the machines which currently allow gamblers to bet up to £100 a minute. More from Ben Nye. The figures show that overall in beds, hearts and bucks, nearly £300 million was deposited into fixed odds betting terminals. The highest losses came in Milton Keynes, with people losing around £5.5 million. The Association of British Bookmakers dispute criticism of the high-stakes machines, saying that the average bet is just over £5. In sport, for the second time in three seasons, there are no English clubs in the last eight of the Champions League. Manchester City lost 1-0 in Barcelona last night to go out 3-1 on aggregate. The weather, a cloudy start, but becoming brighter with some sunny spells this afternoon, a maximum temperature 9 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash Three counties. No, that's not the song I meant to play. That one's, um, I don't want to say rude, but a song that has the lyrics, Mama, open up, I'm coming back in. That's probably not appropriate. Don't, hang on a second, hang on a second. No. You're right, Kels? Please go yes, on, the, please go on the blue microphone, Catherine. Oh, really? Um, only if you want us to hear you. <laughs> so maybe stay on that one. <laughs> You on there? Right, hang on a minute. Oh. This is going to be a smooth... I was going to uh, manufacture a vibe. Um, OK. No, that's not it. That's not the one. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, 
Let's let's just enjoy the vibe. Let's wake up. Here we go. Thank you very much indeed. Targets by Flo and Eddie. Every song is a winner. Oh, man. She's good, isn't she, Flo? 
That's disrespectful. Now, you're making a rabbit in the studio. I, yeah. I warn you now, dear listener, today's show is going to be very adult-themed. It's going to be a little bit blue. No, this is an actual rabbit. No, I know, but there is a story in the newspaper... Oh, ...of a gentleman. Get this, Kells. He'd, got, he'd gone... Now, and some of his shops, I, I've been in them. I'm not, you know, and there is still that moment, I think, sex shops when I was growing up, where you, they, they couldn't advertise themselves as sex shops. It would say XXX, adult, and it would be all blacked up windows. Mm-hmm. Now they're kind of in the high street, and it's all acceptable. I haven't been in one for a long time, but there is still that moment when I walk in, when I kind of hold my breath, look down at the floor, and hope nobody sees me going in. Because mm. it's just, oh, the sex shop! Uh, well, this fella went in and spent about 150 in the papers, 150 quid in Anne Summers on, uh, well, I don't know, lingerie? Accoutrements. Accoutrement. But he nicked a £35 rampant rabbit, one of the cheap ones. He put it, he took it out of the packaging and put it in his pocket. It's all on CCTV. And um, he claimed that the, the shop assistant just piled it in with the stuff without him knowing. But he put it in his pocket. And then when he went home and he got arrested for it, his girlfriend dumped him for stealing a rampant rabbit. Well, he was going to give it to her as a present, and I think that that's rude. What, without the box? She would have thought something was up. And pinched. Make your own jokes there, guys. Um, so that was naughty. So it's, uh, But there are naughty, even naughtier stories... About a box. There are even naughtier stories in the papers today. It's going to be a little bit blue. I thought maybe we should... Um, Again? Yeah, I thought maybe we should try and aim for the adult market. We've been a bit too kiddie-like recently. How's your whiteboard? Um, it's over there. All right, yeah. Thanks very much indeed. 08459 555 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, terribly sad story. A Hertfordshire woman whose husband died of asbestos exposure is looking for people who worked alongside him in the 70s and the 80s. Eileen Brimmel believes her husband Clive may have come into contact with toxic fibres at the Nabisco cereal factory in Welland Garden City. Catherine, you've got more on this. He died at 59, didn't he? Yeah, no age at all. Really Dear sad me. story. This is uh, the story of uh, Elaine and uh, Clive Brimmel, as you said. They've been married for 30 years when he died in November 2013. And Eileen's too upset to talk about it still. Um, Clive was suffering with peritoneal mesothelioma, which affects the abdomen. And it's one of these conditions that can be triggered decades before by breathing in asbestos fibres. Now, unfortunately, Clive passed away before anyone was able to talk to him about where that exposure may have happened and whether he received any training or protection during the course of his work. Now, his wife, Eileen, believes it might have happened in the course of jobs he had working for either or and uh, GKN Lincoln Electric between 1979 and 1985 when he was involved in manufacturing welding rods, which may have contained asbestos. It was often used in uh, heat proofing and insulation. Or when he was at the Nabisco factory um, in Welling, which was also known as the Shredded Wheat Factory, because that property contained asbestos-lagged pipe, pipe work, which Clive could have been exposed to whilst carrying out his duties. Who's Eileen hoping to hear from? Well, she was married to, as you say, uh, married to Clive for 30 years. She now is looking to speak to anyone who worked with him at either of those places to come forward with information on the working conditions at those factories and what measures, if any, were in place to pre- prevent workers being exposed to asbestos fibres. Now, she's um, instructed a firm of specialists asbestos-related uh, disease lawyers to mm. investigate where her husband came into contact with these uh, fibres. 
She says he went through an incredible amount of pain and suffering as a result of the mesothelioma. And it's heartbreaking to think, she says, it was simply because he went to work every day. Now, she insists that no amount of money will make up for losing Colin, but she's urging his former colleagues to contact her lawyer at Irwin Mitchell so they can hold those responsible for the asbestos exposure to account. If people want to help, they think they might have worked with uh, Clive Brimmel or, or know somebody who did, what, what do they do? Well, they can get in touch with us. We've got the contact details for Natalia Rushworth, who's one of these lawyers at Irwin Mitchell, and she's leading the case. She says that Clive passed away before he could say if he was provided with any protective equipment while working for GKN Lincoln Electric and at Nabisco. Uh, she's hoping that former colleagues will be able to provide information needed to understand how he might have come to be exposed to asbestos, which caused this uh, peritoneal mesothelioma and left him in so much pain. As I say, we've got the uh, contact details for anyone. So if you worked with Clive uh, at the GKN Lincoln Electric Works or the Nabisco Cereal Factory during the 19, late 70s, early 80s, or you know how much protection or exposure to asbestos there might have been during that time at those places, give us a call and we'll try and put you in touch.
travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting with the trains, Virgin Trains West Coast to have possible delays because of engineering works that are finishing late at Milton Keynes Central. So looking at the train departure boards, the 6.38 service from Milton Keynes Central to London Euston has been cancelled. On the roads in High Wycombe on the speed sensors in Marlow Hill that is looking fine through the roadworks at Marlow Road. And in Hitchin on Cambridge Road, there's roadworks at Walgrove Road, which could get busy later on, but there are no delays showing up there so far. On the motorways, no reports of any problems on the M25. Bit further afield on the M1 northbound though, there's a lane closed between junction 16 for Daventry and 17 for Coventry because of an accident in the roadworks. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, thank you Sammy, thank you so much. Appreciate that. 6.16, it's Thursday the 19th of March, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire widow says she is desperate to secure justice after her husband died as a result of being exposed to asbestos. Police have stepped up patrols in the Buckinghamshire village of Nash following the murder of a man there on Tuesday and a man was on an aeroplane when someone did a smelly poo, forcing the plane to be turned round back to its original takeoff point. BBC Three Counties Radio. on BBC Three Counties Radio. This afternoon I'm chatting to a legend of British music. Songwriting wasn't my first choice. I wanted to play in a band, but I wanted to be a sideman so I could pick up all the girls. Ray Davies talked to me about the kinks. People thought we'd be finished in six months, so they grabbed as much as they could. How his hit songs got made. Waterloo Sunset. I, did, I said I had a cold on the day, and um, I, said, I said, can I come back tomorrow and do the vocal? I didn't want the others to all be around while I did it. And why he's such a brilliant songwriter. Every time I sit down to write, I want it to be the finest song I can possibly write. Ray Davis chatting to me, Nick Coffer, today from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Dirty old river, must you keep rolling, flowing into the night. People so busy, make me feel dizzy, taxi lights shine so bright.
I'm not in a bad mood. There we go. Uh, 08459-455-555. Now, people using fixed odds betting machines in the three counties, £50 million. Pounds. They've lost to bookmakers, Catherine. That's what it says. Wowzers over the past year. I, don't, that, I imagine that's... Everybody in the three count. It's yeah. not just like three people have lost that much money because they would have. That would take a lot of explaining to their missus, wouldn't it? Where's that fifty million quid gone? <clears throat> what fifty million quid? The campaign for responsible gambling wants a price cap on the terminals, which currently allow gamblers to bet up to one hundred pounds a minute on video slots or roulette in betting shops. Well, Milton Keynes was the worst in the area, with people losing around five and a half million pounds. Matt Zarb cousin is from the campaign for fairer gambling. Are you surprised by these figures, Matt? I'm not surprised at all, Ian. Um, it's what happens when you combine uh, addictive casino content. Uh, with a £100 a spin staking capacity, you can actually lose up to £300 a minute. And these machines are really accessible. They're on the high street, they're in betting shops. Betting shops are allowed four per shop. And this is why they're opening multiple premises, because these machines are highly lucrative. Um, but uh, what, what would you like to see happen to these machines then, Matt? Well, I think that the, the only sensible thing to do, really, is to, is to cap the uh, losses per hour. As I said before, they're, they're highly addictive machines, so you need to reduce the maximum bet per spin. So we want to see the maximum stake come down from £100 a spin down to £2, which would make the machines fun. It would make, it make gambling a more of a leisure activity. At the moment, people are getting into trouble. There, there was recent research that was published by the Responsible Gambling Trust, which found that uh, 37% of the people that use these machines are gambling on them problematically. So they're either problem gamblers or, or at-risk gamblers who are losing far more than they can afford to or more than they set out to It lose. wouldn't work, though, would it, Matt? Because if they... If, uh, yeah, it would slow down the amount that people lose, but they'd still lose significant amounts because once they'd use one machine, they'd just go on to the one next to it, wouldn't they? Well, you can... If you cap the, the amount you can lose per spin, uh, obviously, yeah, you, if you could still incur huge losses, but... It's the easiest thing to do to make the product safer and to limit the harm. Gambling-related harm is quantified by losses. So if you reduce the amount you can lose per spin, you, you at least limit the harm that product can cause. And the government can do that without, without primary legislation, without passing a new law. They can reduce the amount you can, you can bet per spin. Uh, to, so we think £2 is a safe level. It's safe. Uh, it's considered safe in a pub, in a bingo hall, in an adult gaming centre, in an arcade. So why, the, why do the bookmakers have machines that can that you can lose £100 a spin on? It doesn't make sense. Well, it, it does make sense, doesn't it? Because they make shed loads of money. And if, if I wanted to go and uh, spend £100 a spin, that's my right, isn't it? Yeah, and you, you can do that in a, in a casino. Um, bookmakers are bookmakers. And that means they, they, they should their primary gambling activity should be taking bets over the counter. That means bets on sports, bets on racing, 
Um, they should never have been allowed casino games. Casinos, casino gambling is a harder form of gambling, and really they should never have been allowed to be offered in a betting shop environment, which is an easily accessible environment. They're not, they're not very good on age verification. They're not very highly regulated. And introducing this form of gambling to the high street was always going to be a recipe for disaster. And that's why we've, we've seen in, in the three counties 50 million lost in the last year. When do we start taking personal responsibility? Well, I think that the, there, there is a, a responsibility for three-way street for gambling addiction. I think it's a, a shared responsibility between the individual, the industry and, and the government. Uh, and I think that we have to acknowledge that the product, the gambling product, plays a part in inducing or exacerbating problem gambling. If if we want to talk about responsible gambling, are the industry being responsible in offering a product where you can lose up to £100 a spin? That's not really conducive to responsible gambling. Matt, I appreciate your time this morning. A ridiculous time in the morning. Look, 6.24. Matt Zarb, cousin from the Campaign for Fairer Gambling. Gambling was, uh, uh, was never really... Um... First time I went to a casino, I won enough money um, on the, uh, what do they uh, call it, Lady Roulette, to take me and my then-girlfriend on holiday to Prague. Blimey. Yeah, I know. All, all I was doing was uh, red or black, red or black, red or black, doubling up. Beautiful. We used to go to a casino when I was a student, just for the breakfast. Yeah, yeah good, good food in casinos. It's a decent breakfast. But you would see, um, and I'd be there with my little two-pound chips. And you would see fellas there with five hundred yeah. pound chips. Just I know it's different from these machines, and I I I, I never really got the attraction of uh, the gambler, the fruit machines. I never really understood that. No, but it's uh, you know it's it's a proper addiction, isn't it? Gambling. And, you know, told you about my mate who had a secret car. Secret car, ladies and gentlemen. All right, yep. we'll have the papers in a minute.
travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a look at the train departure boards to start with and it's looking like the... The problems at Milton Keynes Central are affecting Virgin Trains West Coast between Milton Keynes Central and London Euston. The 6.38 train from Milton Keynes Central has been cancelled. On the roads in Finchley on the North Circular Road, it's starting to look very slow at Henley's Corner from East End Road. And on the M25, it's starting to build up anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 18 for Chorleywood. And further afield on the M1 northbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 16 for Daventry and 17 for Coventry. It's in the roadworks, making things very slow. Samantha Breath BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Coming up uh, later on in the show, we will be hearing uh, an incredible story about... Um, well, can you just sum up the uh, aeroplane story for us, Catherine, in three words, please? Mm. Smelly poo crisis. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A Hertfordshire widow says she's desperate to secure justice after her husband died as a result of being exposed to asbestos. Police have stepped up patrols in the Buckinghamshire village of Nash following the murder of a man there on Tuesday and delays are continuing this morning on the West Coast mainline as Network Rail repairs overhead power lines near Tring. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Manchester City lost 1-0 in Barcelona last night to go out of the Champions League 3-1 on aggregate. Sergio Aguero missed a late penalty, which could have put City back in the tie, but their man of the match was keeper Joe Hart. And for the second time in three seasons, there are no English clubs in the last eight of the Champions League. More from the BBC's football correspondent, John Murray. For all of Manuel Pellegrini's claims that Manchester City are making progress in the Champions League, two successive exits to Barcelona in the last 16, as far as the club have ever been in this competition, The fact is there was, again, a gaping gulf in quality between the teams and Barcelona remain the kind of Champions League benchmark City can only aspire to. Pellegrini maintained that the end of the season is the time to judge him and his team and judge they will be after what now looks almost certain to be a trophyless campaign. Tonight in the Europa League, Everton are away to Dynamo Kiev, leading 2-1 from the first leg. In League Two, leaders Burton are five points clear of Shrewsbury and Wickham after a 2-1 win over another promotion hopeful South End. Wickham, meanwhile, host a fans forum at Adams Park this evening. The Wanderers Trust will officially launch a share scheme which aims to raise £2 million over a five-year period. And at the Cricket World Cup, India and Bangladesh are bidding to join South Africa in the semi finals. A short while ago, India were 184 for three from 38 overs. Meanwhile, England test captain Alistair Cook says it's very unlikely Kevin Peterson will play cricket for England again. Cook also says the selectors were wrong to drop him as one-day captain ahead of the World Cup. As always, you back yourself and I'd love to give him the opportunity. That was taken away from me and the selectors made that decision because they thought it was the best thing cricket. Hindsight has probably proven them wrong, but at the time it's very easy to say that now. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Billy, for God's sake, back away from this. Here we come, walking down the street. We get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And people say we're monkey around. But we're too busy singing to put anybody down. 
to what we like to do We don't want the time to get restless There's always something new Hey, hey, we're the monkeys And people say we monkey around But we're too busy singing To put anybody down We're just trying to be friendly Come and watch us sing and play We're the young generation And we've got something to say He's only wearing a suit. Anytime or anywhere, just look over your shoulder. Guess who'll be standing there? Hey, hey, we're the monkeys, and people say we monkey around. But we're too busy singing to put anybody down. He's only wearing a suit. He's only wearing a suit. He was only wearing a suit, though. Exactly, and that, I don't understand why that makes... Good morning, Matthias Rosé! Good morning. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Matt. Oh, I tell you what, Matt, what we're going to do is we're all going to do an impression of you, and then uh, uh, I'm going to be the judge of who does the best Matt voice. Kelly Betts, let's start with you. OK. Oh, I thought you were going to play one. Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, we're actually going to do this. This is genuine. Oh, right, okay. But since the whole Clarkson debacle, we can't fake anything anymore. Okay. So if I do punch you, Catherine, it will be a real punch. <laughs> uh, Kelly Betts with her impression of Matthias. You make me sick. You never play any Kenny Rogers. Okie dokie. Uh, Catherine Bull. <laughs> <laughs> you disgust me. I like that. Okay, okay, Matt, your turn. I like that. Okay. I like that. I hate you, Ian. I'm going to kill you. Why don't you play daytime friends and nighttime lovers? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, so good. Can I play, Can I ask you my question? Matt, you, Matt, I'm afraid, in reverse order, at num- in fourth place, it's Matt. <laughs> in third place, it was me there, disappointing performance. In second Very place, bad, who's yeah. it going to be? Who's it going to be? <laughs> Kelly Betts, the winner Kelly is Boyle. Yeah. You disgust me, Lee. You disgust me, Inley. You disgust me. I sound like a gremlin. You disgust me, Inley. Do you know the secret? Yeah. It's 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 me. Irish Phyllis Pierce. Day, oh, Percy, love. Daytime friends and nighttime lovers Ooh. having it away with each other. Daytime friends and nighttime lovers having it away with each other. Oh God. Can you just dig it out for Matt? Let's dig out daytime friends and nighttime lovers. Go brackets on, having it away with each other. Close brackets. That's my question. Oh, Matt, 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 Matt. Yes. 
I hate you, Ian Lee. I hate you. I'm going to take you down to the Lister Arms and I'm going to kill you. (laughs) I'm going to kill you. We were talking about you yesterday. Matt, do you like me? All right, Ian, I like you. Oh, Matt, do you really? (laughs) Really? Am I, what am I, good, bad? What what, what do you think it is? Actually, it wasn't too bad. (laughs) Matt, that's so. That is so kind of you to say. And indeed, what have they got to do with it? I didn't What's your say question? A word. What's your question, Matt? Please. You play. I've nearly forgotten it now. Yeah, I wish you would forget you our phone a number. Great record this morning. <laughs> I keep you knocking, but you can't come in. Who sang it? Ah, well, you did just and then. Who sang it? You did and just. What was the name of the groove he was in? Well, do you do you know or do you? Of course I do. Then why are you asking me then? I want you to. Do you you think you know everything? Yeah, it was Jeremy that... Clarkson. What? Sorry. Jeremy Clarkson too. What? What the hell are you talking about? Well, you just like him, aren't you? In in what way am I just like him? The well, shirt. you think you know everything. You pe- put put people down. All Ask the time. me the question, Matt. Go on. Ask me the question. Who was the group he was in, and what was the name of the group? Who was the group he was in, and what was the name of the group? That was the same question twice, you plum. Flipping heck. <laughs> try it again. Early, mate. That, well, it might be for you, mate. Come on, try it again. Give us, give us, there are two questions. Let's have them. What group was that singer in, and what was the name of the singer? <laughs> Is that it? I keep you knocking, but you can't come in. Should keep him knocking? Are you talking about Dave Edmonds from Rockpile? Very good. Oh, you are brilliant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You oh, are yeah. brilliant. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. who was the other singer that was with him in Rockpile? What do you mean the other singer that was, was with him? There was a big star with him You reckon? Um, was it Luther Vandross? Oh, don't be so ridiculous. English, English guy. i tell you who it was. Got white hair now. Yes, very white. Yeah. In fact, let's, I tell you what, forget daytime friends and nighttime lovers. Oh, How can we? Let's, oh, actually, I got a minute. There you go. You're, of course, referring to Mr. Nick Lowe, aren't you, Matt? Yes. Oh, my God. Bye you bye, are Matt. Good. Thank you, Matt. That's enough of that. Now, what have we got in the papers? Um, patients who dare to criticise their GP surgery oh. on social media have been told to jog on by their doctor. <laughs> yeah, go on. They received letters suggesting they should find somewhere else to go. The patients were accused of inappropriate behaviour after they posted oh. negative comments about the village surgeon and local newspaper's Facebook page. Yep, yep. Um, this is Trent Meadows Medical Practice. It received a watchdog, um, sorry, CQC watchdog had rated them as good and a load of local mums saw that and went hang on a minute that's not been my experience there and they uh, held forth on the local papers uh, website and uh, facebook page and the gp don't like it and um, this woman said sylvia blackshaw 35 mother of two from branston uh, said um on three occasions... Bring out the branston on three occasions i've been left sat- we are the champions what other chants have that tune Let's bring out the Branston and we are the champions. That's it, isn't it? Okay. Sylvia Blackshaw, 35, a mother of two from... Bring out the Branston! 
That is not adding anything to it. Yes, said, it on three occasions, I've been left sat in the waiting room. Oh, dear, Sylvia, sitting, surely. For an hour and a half with a screaming newborn baby. I take it it was hers. When I pr saw the surgery been praised, I was shocked. I don't rate them. We're mothers of young children living in the village. It's the only surgery, now, and I think they should take the criticism and use it to make them better. That's what they've said to the newspaper. Um, it would be interesting to know what they said on the Facebook page, whether it was quite as, uh, as delicately phrased as that. Because I bet they were having a right old pop and possibly mention names. Mm. Ever been barred from your doctors? 08459 455555. The curse has struck again. Did you know this, Kelly Betts? The curse has struck again. No Whose who's deaths and what tragic incidents have we predicted? Charlie Hebdo? Dave D. Dave D. No, 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 not Dave D. Josie. And I think Beaky as well. Beaky, yeah. Who else? Who are the, we, there are other deaths that we've predicted. We Careful need to, now because um, you know we're waving this juju around. Just, and we shouldn't. Just two weeks ago, prompted. It has to be said by a, a, a text from Lee, a, a tweet from Lisa Hunter. We were discussing Shaw Taylor. Shh. Keep them peeled. Shaw Taylor from Police 5, Keep and Peeled. You guys have never seen them. You're too young. You're from up north. It was a regional programme. No, but now I've seen his face. He's dead. In the obits, really? so I recognise him. Shaw Taylor. Got to stop speaking about people. Kelly Betts, Kelly Betts, Kelly Betts. Oi. Kelly Betts, rah, rah, rah. If she, that's, I'm just testing it. I'm not doing that out of malice. That is done from a place of love. Okay. Um, I've got a lot of love and respect for you, my darling. Mm -hmm. That's not done from hatred. It's done for love. I'm just seeing if there actually is a curse. Okay. And if there is, I apologise. Okay. And if there fine. isn't, then we're all safe. But Kelly Beds, Kelly Beds, rah, rah, rah. As long as I die from an experiment, um, I don't mind. What kind of experiment? An, o probe? an overdose of joy. Hey. Yeah. Graham is on the line. Good morning to you, Gray. Morning. What you got for us? It's acronyms, mate. Sorry? Acronyms. What about I'm, them? My brain can't take anymore. There's far too many out there. Well, which, which which ones are bothering you in particular? Well, the new one yesterday, the OBR, the Office of uh, what was it, uh, Budget Responsibility. It's just too much, mate. Surely they only work if they make a word. Like fab. Yeah, or jam. What? What is jam? Don't know. Well, F-A-B. Well, that's what they used to say in Thunderbirds, and it stood for something, didn't it? Thunderbirds are brave. <laughs> Um, well, what, you mean like lol and things like that, Graham? It's a nice national institute for clinical excellence. It's not even that anymore, though. Sort of just, it's too much, mate. Well, what, what do you propose we do, Graham? Just ban them. Just, just say the words. We don't, and also, we don't know what they mean, half of them. So what we should do, Graham, you're saying, is keep it long. Keep it long. Kill. Please. Keep it long and bar. Ban all acronyms. Graham, excellent <laughs> ideas. Thank you. Hey, speaking of keeping it long, George Osborne has <laughs> been posing for pictures in a Beatlesque manner outside number 10. Uh, or number is, 11. Is, is that number 11 he's outside? Oh, and uh, Nimoy. We killed Nimoy as well, I've been reminded. Yeah, Thank we you. Did, we did. Uh, George Osborne's trousers had a row with his shoes yesterday. Well, and his tie had a row with his collar. I mean, flipping heck, if you're going to be posing for pictures, first of all, please don't, politicians. You look like plums. Well, there are weird pictures. The, the one on the Daily Mail is him as the sun. I don't think he posed for that no, one. No, it, it looks like the baby from, from the Teletubbies. Teletubbies. But this one, where he's standing outside with his red uh, butty box with people walking by, Danny Alexander and, and various other artists, in an Abbey Road style. Yeah, the coolness is taken away from the fact that, one, it's politicians, and two, he's got jack-up trousers. He looks like Forrest Gump. 
Still, it was a lot of fun to listen to. LBC were broadcasting from outside the Houses of Parliament yesterday. Great. I Makes get, all the difference, doesn't it? I Being never nearby get where decisions decision's made. The whole... Uh, uh, and I heard three hours of Sheila... I didn't hear it. Was, it was on in the, as I was dozing. Sheila Fogarty was on for three hours. Then Ian Dale was on for four hours. That's seven hours. OK, seven hours. Throughout that whole seven hours, because it was outside, there was a man with a megaphone shouting, Politicians and liars! Politicians and liars! For seven hours. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And they couldn't stop him because it was a public place. Freedom of speech. Politicians and liars! Now, Ian Dale's got previous for duffing up an old boy. So that he was lucky he got away with his life. Do you want to do... I, I want you to do this story because you'll handle it delicately. I'll get us in trouble. The All one right. about the lift. Oh, no. Can you do this one? You'll like this one, Kelly. Oh. This is a word of warning to you, Kelly. You and your young, your young fella. Okay. All right. Mm. You know, next time you feel like getting romantic in a lift. Yeah. Just check for cameras. Just check for cameras. Also, check for your unborn child and alcohol consumption. Yeah. Three things. Okay. A mum caught on CTTV. Um, a mum. Well, it's as if she'd fallen over with her head in someone's lap on CCTV in a lift. You get the picture. Yeah, that's it. She's had a privacy complaint rejected after it was shown on telly. The woman who was drunk and pregnant and a man had their faces... And hungry. <laughs> she had a craving. She had a, their faces blurred for Channel 4's caught on camera. She claimed her loved one still recognised her from the blurry face. Oh, hang on, it wasn't oh, her that, fella. Her loved one? Don't know. Oh. <laughs> and hey, the stress brought on. on premature labour. So she's pregnant and with drunk. another fella. No, no, we don't know that. Well, but her, if her, her loved, loved one recognised... No, her loved ones. Oh, OK. Oh, okay. So, really, More than... One. Well, she might. She had a lot of love to give. She'd have given it. And the regulator Ofcom ruled that the public interest in antisocial behaviour well. outweighed her expectation of privacy. <laughs> well, they were in a lift with the doors shut. Is that antisocial? I think it's romantic. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting with the trains, overnight engineering works have overrun between Milton Keynes Central and Watford Junction, which means that delays and cancellations are possible at short notice this morning until around 7.30 it's being expected. Having a look at the motorways on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 18 for Chorleywood. And on the M1 southbound, it's starting to build up between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. A little bit further north on the M1, there's a lane closed northbound between Junction 16 for Daventry and 17 for Coventry because of an accident in the roadworks and having a look at the speed sensors in Beaconsfield. Park Lane is looking slow southbound through to London Road towards the Piper Park Chamber. Lane very fancy! Oh Park Lane with all the swanky hotels right next to the park. Yeah, Pie Park! <laughs> Next to the I Park, and only a few miles but from Buckingham I... Palace and just around the corner from Oxford Street. Very posh. No, that's not the right Park Lane. What Park Lane are you talking about? Park Lane in Beaconsfield. Nah, it's not that posh. I don't know, I've not been. Anyway, Samantha no, it's a right dump there. It's Radio. a right dump there, the Park Lane in Beaconsfield. I wouldn't want to go there. Is it busy, did you say, Sammy? Yeah, it's busy. Yeah, we would want to go busy there. all along Park Lane and London Road and the Pybush Roundabout, very slow. What's what's Park Lane like in London? Well, it's, it's very a posh. very big hotel. Yeah, it's posh. It's right next to our but... park and just around the corner from Oxford Street. It's beautiful. Thank you, Sammy. Can we get a memo to the travel department and ask Sammy to stop going off on tangents? Doesn't yeah. really, it doesn't really help us, does very it? Very unprofessional. Very, very unprofessional. Mm -hmm. 
6.47, it's Thursday the uh, 19th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire widow says she is desperate to secure justice after her husband died as a result of being exposed to asbestos. Police have stepped up patrols in the Buckinghamshire village of Nash following the murder of a man there on Tuesday. And a gentleman has complained after a flight was sent back to Luton Airport after someone did a smelly poo on board. More on that later. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning. Uh, we're without that lovely sunshine that we saw yesterday. Instead, today is going to be a rather cloudy day, but at least it will stay dry. We're starting off at around four or five degrees. There's a bit of mist and murk around this morning, lots of low cloud, but with a bit of luck, things will brighten up somewhat into the afternoon. Some of that cloud's thinning. The small chance of one or two isolated showers, but the vast majority of places will stay dry for the rest of the day today. The winds are light and we'll see top temperatures peak at around nine, possibly 10 degrees. That's 50 in Fahrenheit. It is going to feel cooler than it did yesterday and we're without all that lovely sunshine. Overnight tonight then we'll see quite a lot of cloud, temperatures down to 3 or 4 degrees. It'll stay dry too and dry into tomorrow morning. Tomorrow we've got the solar eclipse partial for us around 85% and that's going to peak at around 9.30 in the morning. It does look like there will be quite a lot of cloud in the forecast but quite hopeful that across the three counties someone somewhere should get a little bit of a view at least with things brightening up somewhat into the afternoon. I'm so, so, I'm so oh, you cut me off in my prime, Mary. I'm so sorry, Elizabeth. <laughs> had you finished or not? I was. So, so. I have, I have finished, but I do have my health warning about not looking at the sun. Oh, don't do uh, <laughs> no! Don't do that. The health warning. Who's going to be silly enough to look at the sun? This, this. Um, don't whole, believe me. <laughs> this eclipse thing really annoys me. I was saying this yesterday. Well, I said it to you, wasn't I? Just you were, boss. Yeah. The eclipse thing, Elizabeth. Why well, like, does it annoy you? Oh, it's stupid. Oh, it's fun. It's better than all the other stuff that's going on in. No, it's not. It's no, not. It's no. not better than the, the. That's fun, isn't it? What about the toxic cloud? <laughs> that's brilliant. Oh uh, well. That's well. more fun than the sun. <laughs> Elizabeth, I'm sorry, I cut you short. That's all right. Ta-ta. Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on, just. Hang on, 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 hang on. Oh, what's going on with my computer? Hang on, here we go. Hello, no. Shinky. No, that's not it. It's this. There we go. We're back. 08459 We're back. 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Seriously, there is a big thing in. Um, oh, the sun. Where's the, where's the sun? Have you got? Have you got the sun? You there? threw it at me because it had a rude story in that this... you didn't think you could handle properly. Have well, you heard sh- the Elton John story? Oh, yeah, go on, this is brilliant. Oh, this is absolutely incredible. About his mum? Yeah. Mm. Um, Elson John's mum had a 90th birthday party. Well, she fell out with her son a few years ago. Who's her son? Uh, Well, Elton John. Oh, sorry, yeah. And Elton John's brother. Yeah. So, uh, Elson John wasn't there for the 90th birthday party. Instead, and this is unbelievable, she hired an Elson John (laughs) impersonator. You can't make it up, could you? And in fair play, he looks nothing like... He looks like a potato with glass. He looks like Mr. The potato head. But as long as he sings like, oh, raw, 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 you'll be all right. Crocodile rock. <laughs> that's that's sad. That, that behind the laughter of that story is a very sad yeah, story. Absolutely. Or she's poning him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I bet. Imagine having Reg Dwight as his. I wonder if she still calls him Reg. That might be it. Mum, can you stop calling me Reg now? <laughs> uh, the sun. Sun believable. Our guide to the astronomical happening of the decade. Oh, God. It's going to be. Can you just chill out about no, this? No, mate. Seriously. Just calm down, no. relax, and breathe. What day is it happening on? Is it t- it's tomorrow? It's tomorrow. Right. The partial solar eclipse should be visible across the entire country tomorrow. Just don't look directly at it. <laughs> I do what I want with my eyes. If I want to burn my own retinas, I'll burn my 
my own retinas. Thank you very much indeed, Dr Lucy Green. The moon will gradually pass in front of the sun and cause the biggest blotting out of its light visible on our shore since 1999. If by chance you're booked on the next flight to the Faroe Island... The solar show in Britain isn't one to be missed. What time is it happening? Because I am going to make sure I'm indoors with my eyes shut. I think you missed that meeting the other week where uh, the BBC management are insistent that uh, you do this feature tomorrow. I'm on the streets with some crazy people looking at the sun. I think you missed the meeting where I said, oh, if we have to do it, well, at least let's get some crazy people looking at the sun. The solar eclipse will begin at 8.24am and end at 10.40am. Oh, it makes me, makes me want to puke. <laughs> oh, seriously, the bloody sun. <laughs> So arrogant as well. It's, it, it's the arrogance. Oh, yeah. look at the, the sun's been there for ages. Yeah. I'll Did you come see out when it? I want Did to, you yeah. see the sun in the Teletubbies? Laughing, messing around. If you yeah. are in one of the following places, uh, so Cardiff 927, Birmingham 930, London 930. <laughs> any mention of Luton? No. no arrogant. Mate. Arrogant. It, I'm, I'm not having any of this. Mm. And if we do, we have to do this on tomorrow. Should we ignore it? Let's ignore it. I mean, it's, it's, A, it's happening after our show, and B, I couldn't give a stuff. Well, shall we take it to the streets and ask people, are you bothered yeah. about the sun? Thank is you. Is that what you're after? So, some market Thank research you. for the BBC? Thank you. Yeah? That guy there. Give him a gold star. Cheers. That Thanks. was That guy there. But then there's the weather thing that I mentioned today. Mm-hmm. The super smog. There's even a picture of a man in a face mask oh, on the front page of the paper. Flipping Aurora Borealis as well. I Makes like, me want to puke. No, I like a bit of that. I no. see that. Mm. It reminds me of... Well, no, I won't tell you what it reminds me of. A lava lamp. Yeah, that's it, a lava lamp that I was staring at while I was tripping on acid. I wasn't, it's a joke. If you woke and peered at the sky in the early hours yesterday, then you were a sad case. No. You may have wondered whether you were dreaming in glorious Technicolor. But the shimmering sheets of green lighting up their aurora borealis, my bum. So we got that. We got the aurora borealis. Why is Give this guy so showy offy at the moment? Give me the mirror. This is this is weather. This is weather. When the mayor of London, Boris Johnson, tells you not to exercise or cycle, you know you're getting weather. When France, people in Paris have been told to drive at 12 and a half miles per hour, you know you've got weather. Do you say to me? Oui. Deadly, toxic, smog, cloud. Deadly. Toxic smog cloud. cloud. A massive cloud of deadly smog is set to hang over the nation today, putting the health of sick and vulnerable people at risk. We had this about a year ago. Yeah, we Do you remember? It. Yeah, we got it again, mate. No. We, yeah. Nothing happened before. Do Wee. you remember? Wee. Wee. Hey. Hmm? Hey. Hmm? Hey. I'm just saying. I'm just looking in Le Figaro and there's nothing in here about toxic smog, deadly or otherwise. I can tell you right now, though, yes, that, uh, this morning it's uh, very nippy and it's very, very grey and depressing out that this could well be the smog Deadly on Deadly toxic smog. Justin, go and find out if people are bothered about this flipping eclipse. Well, if I'm I still like, alive. I bet you a pound to a penny they're not. Well, I don't know. Um, well, let's, let's, let's go and find out, shall we? Justin, thank you very much indeed. BBC introducing Saturday evenings, 8 o'clock, Unsigned Bands, presented by Gary Floyd, produced by Kelly Betts, who's the brains behind the whole organisation. Boom. As the producer often is. Rhodes. Hmm. Is it Stephen Rhodes turning back round? Nope. Should be.
show presenter Stephen Rhodes there treading a new path with turning back around. If we want to hear more music like that Kelly Betts, in 15 seconds where could we hear it? BBC introducing Saturday night 8pm Oh, it's short enough Five nine four double five five double five. Is anyone really bothered by this flipping semi-eclipse of the sun nonsense? I don't think so. Oh, is anyone really bothered by Ollie Moores? No, not me. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting with the trains, because of overnight overrunning engineering works between Milton Keynes Central and Watford Junction, there are possible delays and cancellations this morning. The 718 service from Milton Keynes to London Euston has been cancelled. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 18 for Chorleywood. And the A1M southbound is very heavy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. On the M1 northbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 16 for Daventry and 17 for Coventry. That's because of an accident in the roadworks and it's very slow because of that. And in Aylesbury, looking at the speed sensors on Buckingham Road, it's looking very slow just before Watermead. And also in Stanbridge on the A505 between Leighton Buzzard and Dunstable, that's very busy at the A5. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. So, uh, is anyone bothered by this partial... Are you bothered by it, Boyley? Moderately. What do you mean? Well, I might have a peep. 
Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Hertfordshire Widows' asbestos campaign, murder investigation in Bucks Village and commuters face continuing delays on West Coast Mainline. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire widow says she's desperate to secure justice after her husband died as a result of being exposed to asbestos. Clive Brimmel from Wellin died at the age of 59 from an incurable cancer after coming into contact with asbestos in the workplace. More from Tony Fisher. During the 1980s, Clive worked at GKN Lincoln Electric and at the Nabisco Cereal Factory in Welland Garden City. His widow Eileen now wants his former colleagues to come forward with vital information on the working conditions there. She has instructed a firm of lawyers to investigate how her husband came into contact with the deadly substance. Police have stepped up patrols in the Buckinghamshire village of Nash following the murder of a man there on Tuesday. Detectives haven't yet explained how 31-year-old Adam Fennelly died. More from Jane Killick. Police were called to the Nash Park Traveller site shortly after nine o'clock in the morning by an ambulance crew who found that Mr Finelli had died. Results of a post-mortem examination haven't yet been released, but Thames Valley Police say they're treating it as murder. They've appealed for any information about the death of Mr Finelli, who came from Dunstable, and are patrolling the village to reassure the public. The Chancellor is facing pressure to give more details about post-election spending cuts if the Conservatives are returned to power. The Liberal Democrats will set out their own priorities priorities today, delivering an alternative budget that will rely more on tax rises. The Treasury Minister and South West Hertfordshire MP David Gork said the government had turned around the record deficit left by Labour. Speaking as someone who's been a Treasury Minister throughout this whole period, I mean, I can remember the 2010 budget and the desperate position we were in, the risks of a sovereign debt crisis, the fact that we inherited plans that completely lacked credibility and that the okay. UK was a poor performing economy, with the fastest growing major economy in the advanced world last year. David we are moving in the right direction. Delays are continuing this morning on the West Coast Main Line as Network Rail repairs overhead power lines near Tring. Disruption is expected until at least 8 o'clock. Virgin, London Midland and Southern services are all affected between Milton Keynes and Watford. The recalls to control controversial betting machines which have netted bookmakers over £50 million in the three counties over the past year. The campaign for responsible gambling wants a price cap on the machines which currently allow gamblers to bet up to £100 pounds a minute. More from Ben Nye. The figures show that overall in beds, hearts and bucks, nearly £300 million pounds was deposited into fixed odds betting terminals. The highest losses came in Milton Keynes, with people losing around £5.5 million. Pounds. The Association of British Bookmakers dispute criticism of the high-stakes machines, saying that the average bet is just over £5. Pounds. In sport, for the second time in three seasons, there are no English clubs in the last eight of the Champions League. Manchester City lost 1-0 in Barcelona last night to go out 3-1 on aggregate. The weather, a cloudy start, but becoming brighter with some sunny spells this afternoon. A maximum temperature 9 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. I feel invigorated. I just tell you, regular listeners will know we, we have a little game here where we try and scare the be whatsits out of each other. Usually uh, me. Usually you, because you're the worst. Easiest You're so you could be in the same room as Catherine, and she could look away and forget you're there, and you just go wah. 
like a rabbit. <laughs> she's terrified. I got Kelly Betts. Oh, it was brilliant. You know when you've really uh, uh, got her, you've scared her because she gets angry and she swears a lot. And she, she sometimes she laughs it off. But if she gets, if she swears and gets angry, you know you've got her good. How was she? Livid. She was furious. But then she just tried to get me. She didn't get me. I was skipping down the corridor with my fists raised, ready for action. That's just going to enrage her more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going, I got you. You didn't get me. You jump. You didn't. I was skipping. I was skipping. Laura, um, uh, JVS's producer, saw me in action coming out of the toilet, so she can vouch for me. I was in um, combat mode. I was in combat mode. And we've had a great tweet from Ian Kirtley. Having tuned in to listen to your show for the first time this morning, my highlight has been Graham and his anger toward acronyms. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Chew on that, Radio 4. (laughs) Ian uh, lists himself on his uh, Twitter feed as a a six-music listener. Well, he won't be going back to Keaveney now. Is it still Keaveney? He's very good, though. He's very good. Shawnee Diamond is very, very good. Right, what have we got on the show this morning, Catherine? Uh, We're talking about, oh, asbestos and asbestosis. Yes, yes. We are looking for people who work with a certain gentleman. More details in a few moments. We're also talking about gambling machines and how much responsibility you take i mean this um gam- was it fair fair bet or bet no not bet fair no anyway this organization that's trying to uh, restrict the amount of power gambling yeah. companies have is saying that they should cap the machines that they have in bookies they're basically keeping bookies afloat aren't they yeah yeah uh, and also we'll be talking and this is genuine this is our lead story at eight o'clock uh, we'll be talking about a gentleman who was on an airplane an airplane which had to be sent i'm assuming it came from luton airport no uh, no i'm not sure it did okay it well it's a ba flight a, a, an airplane that had to uh, return to its takeoff point why, why did it have to do that Ian? because somebody had done a really smelly poo Across heads, hearts and bucks. True story. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a true story. And that's coming up at eight o'clock. We'll talk about asbestos in just a moment. Catherine, do we have any texts? You've not logged into the text machine. No, I've not. Hang on a second. No, I don't know that, mate. out in the first hour while I'm in there with you mess, um, producing radio. I don't know. Every morning at this time, I ask for the Texas. Yeah. And every morning, oh, I'm not. You should I'm not, learn God, that, I'm you, that I ain't had time to do it. Hang on. I, I ain't had time to do it. We're the BBC. I ain't had time to do it. We've got young people listening, including including Ian Gervin's uh, son, with asking who's bothered about the eclipse. My stepson is bothered. He's got it into his head. It was the apocalypse, not the eclipse. <laughs> and he wants to watch it. Oh, we haven't got any texts anyway. Oh, <laughs> thank a big build up. Thank you. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's called resetting. Listen to this, because we may need your help on this. Well, we do need your help. A Hertfordshire woman is looking for people who worked alongside her late husband in a bid to find out whether his work killed him. Clive Brimmel died of an asbestos-related disease at the age of only 59, and his widow Eileen believes he may have been exposed to the toxic fibres in the course of his time at two companies in Wellham. Well, Nath- uh, Natalia Rushworth is an asbestos-related disease lawyer at Irwin Mitchell. Good morning, Natalia. Morning, Uh, morning. Tell me about um, uh, Clive and Eileen. So Clive and Eileen um, are a couple who um, we met, well, Clive was still alive when he was still living, he instructed us. Um, He'd only very recently been diagnosed with the condition um, and unfortunately because of the length of time it takes 
between someone being exposed to asbestos and the, the disease manifesting itself. We've struggled to, to gain any evidence um, as to asbestos exposure. Um, and that's why Eileen is appealing for anyone who may have worked with Clive to come forward to, to provide any evidence that they can as to asbestos use um, at work. There are two um, specific companies, aren't there, yes, that, that uh, you're, you're looking into. What are they? That's great. Um, if you could actually just um, just explain those for me. Um, unfortunately, I don't know off the top of my head. Oh, that's all right. No, don't worry. Thank we, you. No, that, that's OK. We're looking at... Um, it's Nabisco, isn't it, is one that's of them. The, the shredded right. wheat factory. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, GKN Lincoln Electric, where he was there between yeah. 1979 and 1985. Both in yeah. Welling Garden City, right? Yes. Um, I mean... Both companies where asbestos is very likely to have been used um, at certainly factories are known to have contained lagged pipework um, and electrics were, were also lagged with asbestos. Um, it was an insulant material um, and it prevented the spread of, of heat and electricity. So it was widely used from the 60s onwards and is incredibly likely to have been in place in those factories at the time probably in a deteriorating condition by the 1970s, 1980s. This is 30, 40 years ago, 35 yeah. years ago. How yeah. are you going to prove a connection, Natalia? Um, I mean, with, with asbestos, this condition which Clive had, mesothelioma, is it, the only known cause is asbestos. So if anyone remembers working in the factory where the, the lagging was in a deteriorating condition and dust was being released from it as a result, the likelihood is that that dust caused Clive's condition. Um, so if anyone can remember anything at all, it really will help, I mean, All we need is, is one person to say, I remember working there, the, the pipe's in a bad condition, dust is being released, um, Clive would have been exposed as he walked past, then, then we can hopefully do something to help her. How successful, I know that this is kind of the, one of the, th the areas you specialise in, how mm. successful are you with these... Um, uh, cases where the, uh, the the poisoning happened, you know, 20, 30 years ago? I mean, as long as we can find somebody, anybody, who can tell us that, that there was dust in the air and the dust was asbestos and that the people walking by would have been exposed as a result, then, then usually we're able to bring a good claim. There were, there were legal statutes in place in the 1930s onwards to try and protect workers mm. um, and it's just unfortunate that so many employers chose to to ignore those regulations and put their workforce at risk um, as a result. Uh, Natalia, listen, I, I appreciate your time this morning. If anybody uh, remembers working with a gentleman called Clive Brimmel uh, in the late 70s and the early 80s at either GKN Lincoln Electric or at Nabisco, both in Welling Garden City, uh, then get in touch with us, 08459 455 555, and we will put you in touch, or you can uh, call Erwin Mitchell Solicitors uh, directly uh, there. Natalia, thank you very much indeed. We need some... Um, we need to uh, clear up a mess, I think. Ian is now saying um, the plane toilet was faulty, surely. The plane didn't turn around because of a smelly, um, smelly poo. Ian, Ian, don't spoil it for everyone else. Who took, which Ian, me or him? Other Ian. Hey, yeah, Gervin, Gervan. Come on. Yeah, Gervin. Ian. Yes, Gervin. Both Ians. Hey. Both of us know it would have to be a real stinker to turn a whole plane around. Maybe it weighed the plane down, so it's tipping at the back. I think it might have been the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, they had a camel on there. Wow.
That would explain the smell. You know when they transport animals on aeroplanes, they do it sometimes. Yeah. Do they drug them out? Mm. Wow. Why don't they do that to me? Although, right, my sister's cat it. came over from America on his own. Um, what? They didn't give him a seat. What an adventure. Yeah, he came over beforehand, Elvis. Um, and uh, they weren't allowed to sedate him. Oh, really? So he's just running up and down the aisle? No, he didn't have a seat. Um, he was in a crate. If we, I was going to be travelling for from America in a crate, I would want to have something pretty We've strong. been watching the uh, uh, Penguin movie on DVD uh, because we got an advanced copy, because I'm a member of BAFTA. And there is... there is It is such a good film. It is brilliant. The only thing that, that annoys me is that one of the penguins has got a different voice from the TV series. That's fine. You noticed this. I noticed this. Did the kids notice? No, they don't. Even though I've pointed it out, they, they've not noticed it. Do you know my daughter noticed that Wendy from Peter Pan yeah. is the same voice as Alice in Wonderland? Oh, good that was genius, her. wasn't it? Yeah. Ah, she's well, a little creep. She's cleverer than you. <laughs> which, which, which daughter, big and or little? Biggin. Yeah, she's a swat. But little one have noticed that. Like that. It's a bad thing. Yeah, it is a bad thing. But there's a brilliant bit where the penguins they um, they get pushed out of an aeroplane, like a cargo aeroplane, and <laughs> falling through the sky. Yeah. <laughs> one by one. They're fa- yeah, they're falling through. And then they, they see an aeroplane, like a, a, a passenger aeroplane. It, it's not funny saying it, you've got to see it. And so they aim for it, and then they smash through the aeroplane. Right, yeah. <laughs> they just Killing run everyone on board. <laughs> they don't. But they just, they're running up and down the aisle of the aeroplane. And actually, it's really bad considering the current climate. Yeah. But they then want the plane to go up higher so they can jump onto another aeroplane that's going past. Oh. So the, the lead um, uh, penguin, um, Skipper. They sound like very irresponsible penguins. Well, Skipper. <laughs> grabs the head of the pilot <gasps> and pulls it back, so he pulls the stick back, so they go up even higher. You don't give a monkey's Well, I mean, consider, you know, the, the, the tragic events. How do you get in the cockpit in, in this climate? Well, he just jumped, exactly, you see. I mean, I, you don't want to give people ideas, but, you know, it certainly would, uh, you might inspire a generation. Wow. Anyway, it's a good film, that. What uh, film was that? Penguins of Madagascar, the movie. Aww. Thoroughly recommend it when it comes out on DVD. I've got an advanced copy because I'm a member of BAFTA. Give me a three-hit uh, summary. Such an idiot. <laughs> She's not such an idiot. Like, OK, yeah. Give me a three-hit summary. Um, <laughs> Penguins versus Dave. Who's Dave? No, I've I was going to say, you would say... Penguins cause mayhem. No, uh, no, that's not what I mean. You know exactly what I mean. I don't know what you mean. Okay, sparky dialogue, some nice set pieces, good storyline. Overall, a great movie. She's right, actually. It is a great movie. It's not Sky-Fi, though. Uh, Do we have any texts now? Oh, you should have had it loaded up! Have you given out the text number later? No! Well... I only want intelligent people to text me. Well, that's why we've not got any. I'm not going to give out the... We've had an inquiry via Twitter about... I don't know, I don't recognise this. A few weeks back, you played some god-awful song about running on a motorway after ice cream. What was it, please? What are you talking about? My daughter heard it and thought it was hilarious. Now she's banging on about it and her stepmom thinks it's all imagined. I think she did imagine it. What? No, hang on a second. Isn't that... That song rings a bell. Motorway. Isn't it... Running down the speedway, chasing on my ice cream. Running down the speedway, chasing on my ice cream. Yo, we're wow. Yo, we're wow. Yo, we're wow. Yo, we're wow. 
Running it down the speedway, chasing on my ice cream, yo. I think that's what you're referring to. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's starting to look very busy on the M25 anti-clockwise. It's slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 18 for Chorleywood. And on the M1 southbound, it's looking very busy between Junction 10 for the Newton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. Further north on the M1 northbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 16 for Daventry and 17 for Coventry in the roadworks area because of an accident. And in Stanbridge, between Leighton Buzzard and Dunstable, it's slow on the A505 eastbound when it gets to the A5. On the trains, overnight engineering works have overrun between Milton Keynes Central and Watford Junction. That means the 719 train from Watford Junction to London Euston has been cancelled. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sam, are you looking forward to our pool on an aeroplane story? No, I'm switching it off. How rude. It's Thursday the 19th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire widow says she is desperate to secure justice after her husband died as a result of being exposed to asbestos. Police have stepped up patrols in the Buckinghamshire village of Nash following the murder of a man there on Tuesday and delays are continuing this morning on the West Coast mainline as network rail repairs overhead power lines near Tring. BBC Three Counties Radio. We first met James Bay in a band from Hitchin in 2008. As a solo artist in 2012, he uploaded his music to bbc.co.uk slash introducing. Since then, he's been playlisted on national radio and is now signed to an international record label. It was time to go and see what else was out there, you know, explore the wider world with music. And his debut album is released this Monday. I'm not always thinking about lyrics, though, in in that respect. It's sonically, it's about impact. Hear James Bay talk about the album, track by track. Saturday night from 8 on BBC Introducing. BBC Introducing. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, yeah, yeah. 08459 455 555. We're getting calls through with response in response to our first story this morning. Oh, well, the um, story about uh, Clive Brimmel. That's right. He worked at two places in Welling Garden City during the late 70s and 80s and decades later contracted this mesothelioma, which yep. is, is connected with asbestos um, exposure. So we spoke to Natalia Rushworth uh, from Erwin Mitchell and she is looking for people who also worked at the same places. So that is um, the... Uh, GKN Lincoln Electric yeah. and uh, the Nabisco factory. Yeah. Or uh, the Shredded Wheat factory, as it's known. We've just heard from someone um, who worked there for 40 years, for one of these places, and yeah. said it was very dusty indeed. So we're going to put her in contact with the lawyer. OK. If uh, you worked at either of those places and can tell us about the situation... Uh, where it came to asbestos protection or exposure. Can you give us a ring, please, on 08459 Yes, um, yeah, you can. Or you can send us a text, 81333, start your text 3CR. Now, gamblers have uh, lost £50 million to fixed-odds betting machines in bookie shops across the three counties in the past year. The Campaign for Responsible Gambling wants a price cap on the machines, which currently allow gamblers to bet up to £100 a minute on video slots or roulette in betting shops. 
Well, they're most uh, popular in Milton Keynes, where people lost around five and a half million quid. Peter Krask is uh, from the Association of British Bookmakers. Uh, th- these are a nice little earner, aren't they? Uh, morning, Ed. Well, they're popular with our customers. They're not a new product at all. They've been in our shops for 12 years now. The average amount people actually spend on them across the three counties is only £8.32. Why is there a limit on the number of machines you're allowed to have in a shop? Uh, That was set in by the Gambling Act that was brought in by the previous uh, government, so it set a limit of four... And why is that? Uh, We'd have to ask them, really. Why do you think it is? Why do you think it is? Well, I think it's to you know, keep uh, a limit on the number so they don't grow out of control. But um, It's to protect people, isn't it? Well, that's partly the reason. We're, okay, uh, so people we need com- protecting from these machines, according to the government? Well, we are committed to working with the government on responsible gambling issues. And, and do you and think so it's responsible, Peter, to have machines in your, your uh, shops where people can spend £100 a minute? Is that responsible? Well, people could go into a restaurant and order the most expensive item on the dish, but hardly anyone does, and it's the same in the shops. I don't see, I don't see the connection. There's, there's, there's literally no connection between the two at all. Is it responsible to have a machine, four machines, in a, in a gambling premises uh, where you can spend £100 a minute? Well, most people don't. And the no, average... but is it responsible... It's not the question. Is it responsible to have a machine, four machines, in a gambling shop where you can spend £100 a minute? Well, it's responsible when they're regulated, like they are in betting shops, to so the stakes and prizes are set by the government. They're not set by the industry. It's certainly responsible now we have... Uh, we've banned advertising. We've done that ourselves of gaming machines. And we've set... Give players the chance to set their own limits. Peter. So if you went in today... Peter. You could set your own limit Peter. on the amount of time you play for. Peter. That's come on now. You don't really expect that people with uh, problems, or the majority of people with problems about gambling, are going to set their own limits. Well, all the evidence so far since we introduced that uh, last year is that that is exactly what happens. And eighty-five people with gambling problems will go. That's like telling a boozer, right? You you can go into the pub, but you can you, you you set how much you drink. They can't do it, Peter. They're they're addicted. Well, but that's why in a betting shop the staff are trained to spot and help people get into difficulty, and ultimately... And what do the staff do? What, what training do the staff receive? How much training uh, do they have? A huge amount of training. I, I sat on a course... Um, How long does the course ago. last? Well, the course was all day, and... Um, a whole day? Staff are trained to look for, you know, uh, problem gamblers might be developing a problem. We don't want people to get into difficulty gambling. But, you do, but Peter, you do though, because you, fifty million quid has been has been given to, to to betting shops by people in the three counties alone in the last year. Of course, you want them to, to spend the money there. Otherwise, you wouldn't have the machines there. Otherwise, you'd limit limit it to two quid a spin. So, of course, you want their money. Well, we want people to come in and enjoy themselves in our shops. Where's and, the um, joy in losing in losing a few a few hundred quid in a couple of minutes? Well, a lot of people win as well and you're you know you're taking figures by anti-gambling people and assuming that everyone who goes into a better shop has problems no but i'm not assuming that at all what, what figures would you suggest gave, Peter? What, what figures would you suggest well the Peter? average people spend is eight pound 13 the average they stake which is the, what they stake on a game is only five pounds do so you speak do you dispute the 50 million quid that get, that uh, betting shops have picked up have pocketed in the last year in the three counties do you dispute that figure well, i'm just baffled how you get to that figure if the average well, do you people do, spend what, what, is eight pound 32 and the average they stake is £5.13. So you dispute that figure? Well, I just said, I don't know how you get to it. Okay. well, how how much have those machines made at gambling shops, then, in the last year? Well, the average takes about... uh, No, 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 not the average. How much have those machines made uh, at gambling shops in the past year? Well, about 50% of the profits of a shop come from gaming machines and okay, so how much you're talking about the hundred pound stake but of course that includes games that does play at two pound a stake okay how, how much how much we'll get on to that in a second how much of those machines made 
Well, I couldn't tell you this for each shop in the area. But, but no, I, it, uh, what I know is the average steak is five pounds thirteen. But so if you're disputing, you but Peter, if you're disputing, million. if you're disputing the fifty million pounds, then, then then surely you must have an alternate figure to 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 throw up. Well, we go with what the research has shown, which is that the research was carried out by not by people with a particular view on gambling one way or the other, but by NATSEM, which is a respected social responsibility research. So I'm confused. Are you, are you agreeing with this 50 million figure, or do you have an alternative to present? Well, I'm saying how, we're not sure how they get to this 50 million... OK, you, you're from the Association of British Bookmakers. You don't know how much money these machines make. You, got, you haven't got a clue. Well, they make about £450 a week, on, you know, on average. Well, I couldn't tell you the exact for each one, so... OK. The fact that these machines, you can already do £2 a spin and you can do £100 a spin, you've mentioned self-limiting. Well, there's the proof that it doesn't work, doesn't it? I don't understand what you mean. Well, you, you can already... You can either have a £2 spin or a £100 spin, and I would imagine variations in between. You've, oh, mentioned, right, yeah. you've mentioned self-limiting. Well, if, if these people were capable of self-limiting, then they would do just £2 spins, and then they would go home. Well, it depends on the game you play, and, you know, uh, some games the stake is regulated, and, and the point is that the, the, the stakes are not regulated by or set by the industry. They're set by the government and the gambling commission for all gaming machines in every type of venue, whether it's a betting shop or a casino or whatever. We, the industry doesn't set those figures, but it depends on the game you're playing. So some games will have a stake of £2, some have more than that. You can vary it. And one of the reasons they are popular with our customers and have grown over the last 12 years in popularity is that they people like to play different stakes on different games yeah and addicts like to play 100 pound stakes even though they, they have the option to, to, to use a two pound stake how would a member of staff um in a, a bookies recognize that someone had a problem well there's signs where someone you know a good shop staff know their customers someone comes in they might have traditionally i mean whether that's on a machine or across the counter they might have been betting X amount and suddenly it goes up. How would they know how much money they're betting on the machine? Are they able oh, to watch every single stake go in? Well, it displays it behind the counter, so people know okay. what's going in. So, so what, what, what would trigger, if I went in and bet £100, would someone come up to me? Yeah, yeah, and they would ask if you're OK. Uh, yeah, if, I'm fine, I'm were, fine, I'm loving it. And if you're getting into difficulty... Or no, I'm fine, like I'm not... That, someone's getting into difficulty, uh, Peter, is not going to say, yeah, do you know what, actually, yeah, I can't... I can't do you know what, I can't stop gambling. Could you bar me from this actually, shop? you're wrong, because that is exactly what happens. I bet and it's, a very, I bet it's a very, very tiny percentage of the people that do. Well, a very tiny percentage of customers get into difficulty in the first place. How do you know no that? Well, the majority... Well, because the number of problem gamblers is only a, accounts for about 0.5% uh, of the population that gamble, so... Collectively, it's a very small number. And the point is... But how do you we, we know, but Peter, Peter how do you... Well, you're helping those people. How are you... To tell me how you help those people. Well, we don't want customers. We don't want our customers to get into difficulty. No, because you want them to keep coming. Gambling. So how are you well, helping them? Do. Well, of course you do. To enjoy them, so how, are you, how are you helping them, then? So if you use the example uh, just going along, you, you know, go talk to the shop staff, you can self-exclude... Okay, ban yourselves from a betting shop. So if you're getting into difficulty and you think, you know what, I'm reaching the limit, yeah. I need to stop, then you can ban yourself. Then they just go the into... Then they just... Uh, uh, I, I dis you disputed those figures. I dispute that the majority of people with problems gambling would actually do that. Um, uh, uh, having worked well, with people... people do, and the I'm sure, I'm sure some people do, but you, the thing is, you know how many people do do that, how many people do self-exclude. You don't know how many problem gamblers are unable to self-exclude, do you? Well, that's where it comes back to good shop staff, no and their customers and spotting if someone goes... OK, well, from... if I get banned from, from uh, Ladbrokes, I'll just go into Paddy Power next door. Yep, absolutely.
absolutely. And, so um, part there, of it doesn't work, does it? Oh, there are so many. There are so again, many books. If you let me try and answer, the point is that what we're doing now, right now, uh, we're testing new systems to roll it out across the entire sector. So if you band yourself, hopefully, by, so by next April, this system will be in place, and we're piloting in different areas to make sure it works. But if you ban yourselves from one shop, you're right, at the moment, it's quite a limited system because you can only ban yourself from one shop and it's paper-based and it relies on having an up-to-date photo. By moving to a new system uh, that is going to be digital and all the pictures are uploaded and stored by all the shops, when you go into one shop and self-exclude, you'll automatically be self-exclude from every other one in that area or in an area you choose. And we've got to test that and make sure that works. But that's because we want people to gamble responsibly. We don't want people to get difficult. 50% of the money from these shops comes from these machines, so you can't afford to get rid of them. So it's not a point of they're there because you want your customers to have a bit of fun. You can't afford to get rid of them. Well, you know, they're there because our customers enjoy playing them. And you can't just say, just because some people don't approve, well, that's the end of it. But lots of people enjoy playing betting over the counter. You could bet thousands of pounds on a horse race in a second and lose that. Uh, so, but most, a lot of people can win that. But it's well. not, but the, we all know that these machines are built, there have been studies that are done, haven't they, that they're, they're built to look attractive, to entice you, to uh, put you in a trance-like state, so you're not really aware of what you're doing. Well, um, I've said we've stopped advertising gaming machines. No, but gaming machines—they've got—they've got lovely noises. They've got lovely bright colours. They're very hypnotic, aren't they? The, the studies have been done into that. Well, I mean, it's a bit strange to have a product that you don't tell anyone about and no one can see it. Of course, they're. they're but it's they're different. What I'm saying. The, like but what I'm saying, Peter, it's different from filling in a betting slip and handing it to, to, to someone behind the counter, isn't it? Well, different things. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Uh, say that, Ian. You used to be a manager at Bookies, did you? I did. I used to be an area manager for bookies. Uh, just one thing quickly, and it's three hundred pounds a minute. Um, oh. You can bet a hundred pounds every twenty seconds. Now let's let's. let's Hang on a second, uh, Peter. Is that right? Three hundred pounds a minute. Well, the law says you could stake hundred pounds in twenty seconds, but hardly anyone does. Oh, okay. Yeah, just say yes. Just say yes. You didn't correct me on that, Peter. That's interesting. So uh, well, it's three hundred pounds a minute. Factual, but the, the okay. facts are that only three percent of people ever bet okay. hundred pounds. Ian, go on. Okay. Um, let's let's be be honest about bookmakers. Bookmakers went offshore, so they don't pay tax. So they 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 try to avoid tax. The tax avoiders. Let's also remember that the uh, the bookmakers are, are friendly bookmakers that were the first people to bring in zero hour contracts. So they had staff. Um, working on their own. Now, Peter, how would you, your specially trained staff, how would you, um, when a single manning, which, you, which also happens in bookmakers, how would that single man person behind the counter go and uh, speak to a problem gambler that's just lost £500? What would they actually say to them? Well, they would go and talk to them. I mean, you're acting as if these are mega shops. So who, who, massive. Would behind, who would be behind the counter? Designed. The shops are designed now, so stop, uh, shop staff can see people coming in, they can see all the machines, and if someone is showing signs of getting into difficulty, then a shop manager would be expected and do, to do and go over and talk to I them. still don't know what those signs of dif- Thank you, Ian. I still don't know what those signs of difficulty are. And uh, basically, you come over and say, have you got a problem gambling? No, I'm fine, I can afford no, it. Some people might suddenly you know, start, crying. start getting a bit upset. Well, that's true. Hold it's their head in their hands. Light off, is it? It's just, um, 
that means they recognise they've got a problem. But in the end, someone has to take responsibility for if they're getting into difficulty, okay. and we are ready to help them. OK, one final suggestion. is the biggest issue we are getting on with. And I understand that responsible gambling is, is where you're coming from, and that's appreciated. If, if, if you are so keen on responsible gambling, and if the average spend is £8.30, well, why don't you and your organisation limit the, the maximum bi- uh, amount you can put on there to a tenner? Well, um, as I said, it's set by the government. But, next, well, no, but you, you, could set it, you could set it lower yourself. So why well, don't you make the maximum be- a, a tenner? From April the 6th, it's coming down to £50. And if you want to do more than that, you have to go to the council. So £50 every 20 seconds. But what is the basis for £10? Picking a random number well, like no, that. No, it's Customers not, it's not random it. at all, Peter. You said the average spend was £8.30. So I'm, I've, I've, I've got your average and I'm giving yeah. you a little bit of leeway. So if that's the case, why don't you limit it to £10 instead of £50 every 20 seconds, well, £150 every minute? Again, we'll go back to... Uh, research and evidence and the uh those things are decided by the government, as I said. No, the but last you can live time it they yourself. made this decision, 98% of the responses supported leaving stakes as they are. But the average, at the you, 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 you are, as you say, I'm sure it's true, your organisation promotes responsible gambling. Yeah. If the average spend is £8.30, well, then why don't you just make the, 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 the maximum you can spend a tenner? You'd still make shed loads of cash. Except, you know, some people like betting at different levels. Well, then they can go, go to a well, casino. That's all those people that are betting perfectly safely and responsibly and like the difference. Ah. Who are perfectly legitimately doing it and enjoy betting. You can't and the, you, would you mate, suggest would you some suggest people don't approve of gambling? Would you suggest it. that the majority of people let's be honest, a lot of these betting shops are in the grotty end of the high street. That you would you suggest that a lot of these people are no. going to these, these betting shops and are spending one hundred pounds every twenty seconds, it turns out, that they're doing that responsibly. They're not betting hundred pounds every twenty seconds. Well some people are well then, well then lower the limit, Peter. But, and also, they're not in the grotty... I don't know what you mean by the grotty well, end of the you, high street. You, they're lower on the high limit, streets then. and town centre. They've been on there for 50 years. Well, lower the limit, then. If, if, they're not, if they're not spending £100 every 20 seconds, although you just said that some people were wanting to do that responsibly, but if they're not, then lower the limit. But it's, then well, you're not you open know, you to criticism. Say, well, you know, some people don't approve of this, so therefore all of you betting perfectly safely and responsibly, sorry, mate, that's the end of your fun. So some people, people are spending some people are spending £100 every 20 seconds. Obviously they are, otherwise you wouldn't have the well, limit. You're, you're encouraging responsible... You the the average... Is £8.30? The number ever reached £100 is only 3% of the total. OK, so well, if you're encouraging responsible gambling, then why don't you lower the limit? That's with, completely within your power. Well, you know, our customers haven't asked for that. No, and no, no. The, well, because the public hasn't asked for that because the public's back keeping it as it is. So, OK, Peter. You know, just okay. arbitrary, randomly cutting it. It's not random. It. It's, it's, it's tied in with the figure that you came up with, Peter, of £8.30 a spin. Yeah, but that, but that is the actual figure from every gaming machine in the okay. area. It's not a made-up figure by anti-betting people. OK, Peter. Thank you very much for your time. Peter Kresk from the Association of British Bookmakers, 08459 Simon, I hope you're ready. I apologise for the delays. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the news. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headlines, a Hertfordshire widow says she's desperate to secure justice after her husband died as a result of being exposed to asbestos. During the 1980s, he worked at factories in Welling Garden City. Police have stepped up patrols in the Buckinghamshire village of Nash following the murder of a man there on Tuesday. And delays are continuing this morning on the West Coast mainline as Network Rail repairs overhead power lines near Tring. Virgin, London, Midland and Southern services are all affected between Milton Keynes and Watford. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
And for the second time in three seasons, there are no English clubs in the last eight of the Champions League. Messi down the right-hand side. City are back in place, but there's freedom for Rakitic, who tests it down and lifts it over heart and in! And it is Barcelona who scored the first goal! Manchester City lost 1-0 in Barcelona last night to go out of the Champions League 3-1 on aggregate. Sergio Aguero missed a late penalty, which could have put City back in the tie, but their man of the match was keeper Joe Hart. Hart says City must learn lessons. We've got to be. It's the only thing you've got to take something out of the, the legs. and We give ourselves a chance and we didn't take it, so you've got to, especially when uh, you know we can't make no bones about Barcelona. We're the better team over the two legs, and but we hung on in there and we, we defended and we made saves and we made tackles and and we didn't take our chance to get back into it. Tonight in the Europa League, Everton are away to Dynamo Kiev, leading 2-1 from the first leg. In League 2, leaders Burton are five points clear of Shrewsbury and Wickham after a 2-1 win over another promotion hopeful South End. Wickham, meanwhile, host a fans forum at Adams Park this evening. The Wanderers Trust will officially launch a share scheme which aims to raise £2 million over a five-year period. Roy Hodgson will name his England squad for the upcoming internationals against Lithuania and Italy this lunchtime, with Spurs' Harry Kane expected to receive his first senior call-up. In rugby, Stuart Lancaster names his England team for Saturday's Six Nations finale against France this morning. And at the Cricket World Cup, India and Bangladesh are bidding to join South Africa in the semi-finals. A short while ago, India 245 for four from 45 overs. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. Thank you very much indeed. Let's just have a little bit of this, shall we? Yes, why not? Song calling me down the road is where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again. Maybe tomorrow I'll wanna settle down. Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on down this road that never seems to end. When you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's hobo style Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow the whole world is my home So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's hobo style Maybe 
let's contact Niall. <clears throat> Niall has sent us uh, an email. No, but I'm bothered. Uh, no... Justin, hang on a second. See, bear with me. I've got a complaint. And Steve, we'll, we'll come to you in a second. See, no, but I'm bothered. This is about in a, on an email. No, but I'm bothered about your rude talking. For the past few days, I've heard you talking about porn, gays, gypsies, and all the rest. I'm really annoyed with this. Children could be listening. If you wish to contact me, then call me. Should we call Nile? Yeah, go on then. Give Nile a quick call. Um, I'm interested in his selection of topics that mm. are um, unsuitable for children. Gypsies and gays. I don't know. Let's find out. Maybe okay. we've misunderstood. Dealey, mm. stay there, boss. I want to speak to Steve first of all. Morning, Steve. Morning, Ian. Steve, you want to talk about gambling? Go on. Yeah, um, I don't know if it is a problem, but I guess it probably is. On my mobile phone, I can gamble up to £75,000 on a roulette table. Flipping heck! <laughs> yeah, I, I checked. It's um, I thought it was 30000 which is clearly ridiculous. But it's 75,000, the maximum bet. Go on, then. Yeah, go on, what you want, red or black? Oh, always red, always red. Go on, Steve, we could be quits in here, Deals. Yeah, we could. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I've gone red, I've gone red. Oh. Hey. Oh. Ah. Can you help me with my mortgage for the next 25 years, please? (laughs) The BBC accept no responsibility for that at all, Steve, and I'm afraid we're going to... We've lost Steve's signal there, Justin. It's a shame. It's a great shame. Just stay there. We've got Niall on the line who sent in that complaint. Morning, Niall. Hiya, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks, Niall. What's your beef? Um, not work at the minute. Just for the past few days... Yes. I've been uh, hearing you talking about rudeness on the radio. Uh, Um, Pornography, quiz... um, We use the word gays, yeah. Yeah, gays and queers too, but... um, No, 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 we use the word gays. Yeah, and queer too, but... um, and gypsies, you didn't like us talking about gypsies either. Well, pikeys as well. I just thought it was really, really rude, and I wouldn't use those words around my children. And, um, but, you, but, but you've just used them around <laughs> around loads of other kids on their way to school, so, you know. Well, you used it yesterday, and... Um, well, no, you I just said you wouldn't lo- use it around your children. You've used it around other children. OK, well, I don't understand what, you, what your problem is, talking about gays and, and gypsies. Well, I just thought it was really, really rude of you to, um, to use that, those words on the radio. What, gays? Well, no, like queers. Just how you talk, spoke about it. Like, today there was a... Someone stole a vibrator. A oh, was there a vibrator as well used? Um, well, I don't know if it was used. It was certainly stolen. His girlfriend dumped him, so I, I think, uh, no. Well, there was... Um, the sto- You know the reason we were talking about pikeys, don't you? Um, yes. Because it was a big news story, and it had been... Dec- and I, we only used it a little bit on this show. Jonathan used it more than me. We only used it a little bit. We, okay. there was It opened up a big discussion as to whether that word is offensive or not. Right. So that's why we did that. OK, but um, should you be using that on the radio? Why, why shouldn't we? Um, well, I don't think... You're right. I don't think you should be using those words because there's children in the mornings listening to it. We, uh, and yeah. I, was, I was offended with it as well. well were so, you, uh, were you, why were you offended by the word pikey? <clears throat> well, I've got travelling family, and right. I don't think you should be using that word. Because, Tell me why not. Well, because you said what you said what it means. Well, um, I, no, I didn't. You, I, rude. I, it, what does it mean? Um, I don't know. Why? You're, you're offended it by it. It means cheap, disgusting, blah, 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 blah. Right. But, um, so why are you offended by that word? Well, well, because... I, I'm not a racist, and I don't think you should be using those words. No, no, no. The, the, the question, radio. very specific question, now. Why are you offended by that word? Um, 
Because my family are travellers, and, and I don't like to hear that word. OK, but, but why... We, I'm, you're still not answering the question with the greatest respect. Why does that word offend you? Um, because my, I've just said... My, I just. Well, my, you said you've got family, family that are travellers, but I still don't know why that word's offensive to you. I, I, I don't know. Well, because you're offending them. How? Well you're, well, you're saying that word, and you shouldn't be saying that. You're a country person, and you shouldn't be saying that word, should you? I'm a country person. I have no yeah. idea what that means. Um, OK. What about queer? Why, why, was that, why did that word offend you? Are you homosexual? Well, well I'm heterosexual. OK, so why but, did the word uh, queer offend you? Well, the word queer, because that's... Well, people, people choose to be that word, don't they? They choose to be, they choose to be homophobic or homosexual. Well, no, they don't, Steve, no. See well, now you're uh, now you're offending uh, other people listening um, w- w- with your, your nonsense. The, the, I, I would suggest that ninety nine point nine 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 percent. In fact, I would suggest nearly uh, just under a hundred percent because there will always be people that that, that that step out of the norm. But the majority of gay people don't choose to be gay, do they? Well, all I was saying, all I did was send, send in an email to say that. No, no, and we're having a discussion. Talking, yeah, you shouldn't be talking like that on the on the okay. radio. But why, I found that really, really rude, um, Ian. I do like your show, but... Well, but I don't understand why you... Okay, and, the pornography and I can... things like that in the morning is just disgusting. It's I... ho- horrible. I was nearly, I was cringing in the morning. No, you weren't cringing, Niall. You're Niall, you're, Niall, you're a big lad. You weren't cringing. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I was No, cringing. you weren't cringing. Like, How old are your kids, Niall? Well, I don't have any. Oh, I thought you said you did have kids. No, but it, I wouldn't have my. Oh, 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 So sorry, your sentence should have been: I wouldn't allow my fictional children to listen to this. Right. Okay. Right. Thank you. But um, that you're very welcome, Nile. You're just, you're I, you're very very welcome, Nile. Thank you. I wouldn't allow oh. my fictional children to listen to this filth. That was a bit orcs. <laughs> Thank you, Niall. Listen, he sent the complaint in, he put his phone number on, he came on the air. Thank you, Niall. He knows the discussion we were having yesterday was about whether those words were offensive and he should yeah. have phoned in yesterday, doesn't he? Uh, yes. Or does he think we were just throwing no, it around listen, willy-nilly? I'm, I'm oh, a, I said willy. I'm not having a pop at him. He, he, sent, he sent a complaint and he came on the air. Not everyone is brave enough to no, do that. No, a lot yeah. of people send in the complaints and they don't put their numbers or they don't answer. He came on, uh, that's brilliant. He misunderstood the conversation about queer. We were talking about the evolution of the word and how it's not real. Gay people kind of adopted it, but now it's... I don't know what we say anymore. Um, and, uh, Pikey, we didn't say it very often on, on this show. Jonathan and we actually said, it said we don't like saying it and we wouldn't use it. Yeah. Mm, you did. Uh, uh, so, But no, I, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much uh, indeed. And I hope that one day when you do have children that uh, you find a, a programme that's suitable for them to listen to. Justin, we got. I, I need to speak to you. Can I get to you after the travel? Yeah, yeah, fine. Cheers with this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M southbound is looking slow at Junction 7 for Stevenage and the M1 southbound is looking busy between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. On the speed sensors, the M14 northbound is looking slow from Junction 1 for the Denham roundabout towards the M25 and looking at the roads in Beaconsfield on Park Lane, that's still looking slow southbound towards London Road towards the Pybush roundabouts. In Chisel Green on the North Orbital Road, it's very busy between Watford Road around the Shell roundabouts and having a look at the trains, uh, the overnight road road overrunning engineering works between Milton Keynes Central and Watford Junction have now finished so those delays are clearing up. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. 7.46... 
It is Thursday the 19th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire widow says she is desperate to secure justice after her husband died as a result of being exposed to asbestos. Police have stepped up patrols in the Buckinghamshire village of Nash following the murder of a man there on Tuesday and an aeroplane was turned back after a passenger did a smelly poo. More on that after 8 o'clock. It's our lead story at 8. Let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's going to be a rather cloudy day today. Plenty of low clouds, a bit of mist and murk through this morning. Temperatures on around five or six degrees at the moment across the three counties. That cloud is going to persist into the afternoon, but it will be a bit thinner, maybe even a bit of brightness developing, particularly towards western areas of Buckinghamshire. Temperatures rising not as far as they did yesterday, still hopefully up to around nine, maybe 10 degrees, 50 in Fahrenheit. The winds are very light still too. The air quality is going to improve over the next few days. That's a good, uh, that's a good news. A slight shift in wind direction overnight tonight. Temperatures down to around 4 or 5 degrees. And then into tomorrow, there'll be a lot of cloud around through the morning. How quickly it thins and breaks is going to um, is going to depend on the uh, on the wind, really, and uh, how quickly it gets burned back. Solar eclipse is going to peak at around 9.30. There could be a lot of cloud, but we could be quite well-placed to see at least oh, something. No, it's good news. No, it's not. It's boring news, well, Elizabeth. It's better than being in the southeast. No, it's great news. It's, it's, it's good, boring. really. It is, it is, it is. It is. It, what, the solar eclipse is... Boring. Yes, it's boring. No, it's, it's just not. the sun not being there for a second. It's, it's not there every night. It's good news. It's better than all the other news that we're getting at the moment. So <laughs> I'm enjoying it anyway. <laughs> good. Any more? Um, yeah, don't look directly at the sun because oh. it will hurt your eyes, Ian. <laughs> Any more weather? <laughs> uh, things will brighten up uh, tomorrow afternoon <laughs> and then there'll be some sunshine over the weekend, but it'll feel a bit cooler. Thanks, Elizabeth. Bye. Ta-ta. Oh, this flippant solar eclipse. Every weekday morning. Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning. Is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist? The JVS Show. I think we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry on existing. What I wanted to say is they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that, that, that is also true. That is also true. You will always get some, but they are such... A minority. Oh, the get him up, get him out of bed, give him a sense of purpose. The JVS Show. Do you think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning on BBC could Three be, Counties Radio. It could be. I, I often say this, Justin. I'm lucky mm. enough to. I get to drive uh, all over the country and, and listen to lots of BBC local radio stations. Yeah. There's one of them now, this morning, from nine. Yeah. Right, you could you could be listening to Jonathan Vernon Smith. We don't know what his big issue of the day is going to be. We'll find out in about twenty five minutes, thirty minutes. Okay, mm. there's one radio station. Morning, talking about cake this morning. Oh, it's because we've got Judy Murray live in the studio, and apparently she's a big fan of cake. It's <laughs> a great phone in. So um, I want to find out what your favourite cake is. Yeah. Leave your suggestions here on our Facebook page. <laughs> They've done that wrong. Uh, they should have been talking about what your favourite serve is. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, for me, it would have to be uh, chocolate sponge. Oh, uh, can you send me the uh, Facebook details, please? Uh, now, d- does banoffee pie count as a cake? Pie. <laughs> Clues in the title. Lemon right? meringue pie, does that count it's as a, a pie. cake? Pie. Apple pie? Apple pie. pie's a pie. Mm. Okay, Victoria Spung. Okay. Yeah. Boring. 
But, yeah, it's okay. cl- no, it's classic, mate. It's not boring. Ah, cliche. Ah, it's classic. It goes with anything, doesn't it? It goes with anything, apart from roast lamb. Where do you stand on a lemon drizzle? Right in the middle. Justin! <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun this morning, hasn't it? <laughs> For the first time in about three weeks. Hey, I've got to tell you, boss, yes, uh, you'll hear this report later on, but uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people are interested in the big eclipse tomorrow no, morning. No, not, mate. But they just don't know when it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, we, t- we, we are talking about the big eclipse later on. Is anybody bothered? Yeah. Uh, but we've been talking as well about these uh, these terminals, these be- the betting terminals. I've n- I used to like the fruit machines when I was younger in the pub, and my mate re- used to reckon he used to know all the cheats to it, and if it flashed a certain way, that meant you had to nudge now and you'd win. Yeah. Nonsense, I think. Mm, mm. But these uh, these gambling machines where you can spend... And it's interesting that the guy from the, the, the gambling association didn't correct me. I said it was £100 a minute. It's not. It's up to £300 a minute, £100 every 20 seconds. Incredible. Uh, a lot of money. I don't understand why, you know, if, if the average bet is only £8.30, uh, why they don't lower the, um, the, 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 you know, put a lower cap on it. You've taken this to the streets, Justin, yeah, is that right? Yeah, I have. I mean, you've been talking this morning about the figures. Gamblers have lost £50 million uh, to these terminals in the last year. That That's across beds, hearts and bucks. Almost £3 million has been lost where I live in Hemel Hempstead. So Blimey. I was there yesterday yesterday talking to gamblers about these machines i think you're going to like the second guy because he tells it just the way it is but uh, here's what gamblers had to say never see anybody take a big win out of there never and i go in there every day i never see anybody get a big win i feel sorry for them because obviously the people who are doing this are weak themselves aren't they so and i got to be fair there is a warning in there saying act sensibly or bit sensibly so some people don't take any heed and then they blame the machine, they blame everything else, but they don't blame themselves. Well, somebody's just come out of the bookies. Um, would you ever play on the terminals? No, because they're a rip-off. They're like charity boxes. I mean, you might as well just throw your money in the bin. I, I watch people and I just think, well, throwing your money away. I mean, they're off going to buy something with it, do you know what I mean? How much money are people losing? Hundreds, thousands. I've seen someone have a fat wad of cash before and they've just literally blown it all in about half an hour, 40 minutes. But people keep going back to them, don't they? Yeah, yeah. It is like a drug. I mean, how bad is, is your addiction? Would you say it's, you're addicted? Yeah, yeah. I'm addicted, but I'm, I'm betting on sports. So, I mean, uh, basically people are chasing that winning buzz, and that's what it is. I mean, when you win, you get this sort of buzz that you think you've won free money. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> and even as somebody who's admitting to me right now that you're addicted to gambling, you would never play on those terminals? Nah, never. Never. No, I wouldn't go near them. I laugh at people when I watch them on there, so... I'd rather bet on something that I'm in control of, because I'm, I'm choosing what I'm betting on, so with that, you, you, you're letting the machine decide whether you win or lose, so... Okay. With me, I'm making a decision, so... Okay, just lastly, how old are you? I'm 20. And how long have you been addicted for? Two years, because I've only been able to gamble since I was 18, so... Yeah. Since your 18th birthday, you've been addicted every single day? Yeah. As I say, uh, it's the worst mistake I made going in the bookies when I turned 18, put it that way. There you go. Gosh, um, th- isn't that sad? Um, that's somebody who is, you know, openly admitting that, that he's addicted to gambling, but uh, his views on these machines, not one person yesterday um, had a good word to say about them. I didn't speak to anybody who had won anything on them as well. Uh, £50 million lost in the last year in beds, hearts and bucks, almost £3 million of that uh, in Hemel Hempstead, which is where those two people are from. Interesting. He said he's addicted. I wonder how much help he's getting in that betting shop. Uh, 
probably none. Mm. Some interesting texts coming through on Can this I one. Let's have some texts. Okay, I'm, this boy is from reminded me of something, lad. Anon- anonymous. I believe these machines are banned in Ireland as they're so dangerous, known as the crack cocaine of betting machines. A family member of mine has lost thousands on them. He tried to ban himself from the shops unsuccessfully. These machines are such a great earner for bookies, but disastrous for gamblers with a problem. Um, we've also got this one through again, anonymous, and we, you know, we understand why. Uh, my son was addicted to fruit machines, age twelve. I took him to ga- took him to gamblers anonymous. Um, and uh, Jeremy Markson says, go to a Jer- betting machine. Jeremy Markson. Do you remember Mark? Who didn't like Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, right. thought we were bigging him up. <laughs> he says, go to a betting shop, Ian, and spend £100. I bet no staff will come over. Well, I, I, did, I did wonder what the show's budget was yesterday and ask if we could send our reporter with 250 quid in cash to see if he'd, uh, what he'd come back with. But that, was, that idea was, was, uh, was poo-pooed. I mean, th- there are signs, as that first person said there, there are signs in the shop as a disclaimer, if you like, so please be bet responsibly. Yeah, well, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, I have friends who have various addictions and they're all, they're all kind of similar and come from the same place. You can't, a boozer can't stop boozing. You no. know, a druggie can't stop drugging and a gambler can't stop gambling. Their brains are not wired correctly. Uh, He reminded me of of, uh, something. He was talking about it's it's like those charity boxes. Catherine, didn't you once mount the lad with calipers outside... I attempted to. ...outside the newsagents? My childhood memories are basically... I I just remember being told I couldn't ride various things. Sorry? These, no. are the, these are those machines outside sweet shops and stuff where you yeah, put a quid put a in quid now. In and, well, it used you to be ride 20p, didn't it, or yeah. whatever. So, um, yeah, and I just remember being turned down for those every time I asked my dad if I could have a go. Actually, I've looked through some of our family albums. I, write, I wrote everything. Still do. <laughs> and apparently uh, once outside a chemist's, <laughs> I attempted to mount the kid with calipers. Kelly's too, too young to know what that, that is. Justin, you probably it, it was the charity box for... Was it the Spastic Society? Yes, as yeah. was, yeah. And you, you climbed on his back and tried, tried to, to ride that poor boy. I saw the slot and thought, here goes a ride. Ca- I mean, just Catherine, everything you said in the last 30 seconds is innuendo-filled. Niall's <laughs> invisible kids are going to be furious, aren't they? <laughs> uh, Justin, we yeah. will speak to you later on. Yeah, no problem, boss. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much indeed. Daniel says, my 11-year-old twins love listening to your cheeky banter as we sit in bed having our drinks every morning. As a dad, I appreciate... Oh, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Eh? That sounds pretty good. What are they drinking? Um, um, probably gin. Yeah. Knowing, uh, knowing Daniel. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, you can. Uh, Kath's set- still giggling <laughs> about her story. Literally every page on the album of when I was about three or four is me <laughs> writing something. Okay. Again, it's really tickling her. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's why she enjoyed it. Nodding big ears, elephant. <laughs> One of those wagons with the horses. The thing is, those rides. I mean, they, they are rubbish. They were rubbish. It's just it's just that. Back and forth. Just back, back and forth and forth. That's all you've got. Oh, wait, for, you're right. Should we she's, carry on? She's laughing so much that she's holding her nose. Oh, mm, dear. <laughs> I, was gonna, I haven't got time to talk about Starbucks trying to end racism now. Do it in five oh, minutes. They're the guys that will do it. Because Starbucks have got a campaign to end racism, and they're, they're doing it by... You know they write your name on the cup? Yeah, wrong, normally. Instead, Especially if you have a foreign name. Now they're so they should start there. I, I said my name was Dick the other day, and she wrote Rick. She heard me say Dick. <laughs> have you seen that one where you said it's Mark with a C? So you got the cup back on the cock. <laughs> they're ending racism by encouraging their baristas to write um, racism counts or something, or d- dismiss racism on the cups. And then they're encouraging them to have conversations with the people who've bought their coffee about racism. How does that start? 
uh, I, I see you've brought a black coffee. Are you a massive racist? How does how would you have that conversation? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy on the M1 southbound between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport, Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. And the M40 northbound is also looking very slow from Junction 1 for the Denham roundabout towards the M25. On the M25 it's very slow between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. In Chisel Green on the North Orbital Road that's busy around the Watford Road Junction at the Shell roundabout. And looking at the speed sensors in Bedford, Preben Street is looking busy around Commercial Road. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Sammy. So coming up, it's the lead story at eight. I'm sure Simon will have details on it. What would you do if you're in an aeroplane and someone's done a rather smelly poo? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. The headlines, Hertfordshire Widow's asbestos campaign, murder investigation in Bucks Village and betting machines netting bookies millions of pounds across the three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire widow says she's desperate to secure justice after her husband died as a result of being exposed to asbestos. Eileen Brimmel's husband, Clive, died at the age of 59 from an incurable cancer. During the 1980s, he worked at GKN Lincoln Electric and at the Nabisco Cereal Factory in well in Garden City. Lawyer Natalia Rushworth is representing Mrs Brimmel. We've struggled to, to gain any evidence um, as to asbestos exposure and that's why Eileen is appealing for anyone who may have worked with Clive to come forward to, to provide any evidence that they can as to asbestos use um, at work. Police have stepped up patrols in the Buckinghamshire village of Nash following the murder of a man there on Tuesday. Detectives haven't yet explained how 31-year-old Adam Fanelli died. More from Jane Killick. Police were called to the Nash Park Traveller site shortly after nine o'clock in the morning by an ambulance crew who found that Mr Fanelli had died. Results of a post-mortem examination haven't yet been released, but Thames Valley Police say they're treating it as murder. They've appealed for any information about the death of Mr Fanelli, who came from Dunstable, and are patrolling the village to reassure the public. The Chancellor, George Osborne, has resisted pressure to give more details on the public spending cuts the Conservatives would make in the next Parliament. He said in yesterday's budget that billions of pounds would be cut from spending on welfare and government departments, a course which the Office for Budget Responsibility called a roller coaster profile. The Liberal Democrats will set out their own priorities today, delivering an alternative budget that will rely more on tax rises. Network Rail say work to repair overhead power lines on the West Coast main line near Tring has now been completed. There were cancellations and delays yesterday, which continued first thing this morning, but Virgin, London, Midland and Southern services are returning to normal between Milton Keynes and Watford. Police have appealed for witnesses after a teenage girl was approached by a man acting suspiciously on the way to school in Dunstable yesterday morning. The stranger went up to her as she walked down an alleyway between French's Avenue and Aldbanks. Police are asking parents to tell their children not to take shortcuts on the way to school. 
There are calls to control controversial betting machines which have netted bookmakers over £50 million in the three counties over the past year. The highest losses came in Milton Keynes, with people losing around £5.5 million. Peter Krask from the Association of British Bookmakers disputes criticism of the high-stakes machines and says the average bet is just over £5. And they're there because our customers enjoy playing them and you can't just say, just because some people don't approve, well, that's the end of it. But lots of people enjoy playing betting over the county. You could bet thousands of pounds on a horse race in a second and lose that. In sport, for the second time in three seasons, there are no English clubs in the last eight of the Champions League. Manchester City lost 1-0 in Barcelona last night to go out 3-1 on aggregate. The weather, a cloudy start, but becoming brighter with some sunny spells this afternoon, a maximum temperature 9 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Don't worry about telling Scott Mills the funny stuff that we uh, we do on this show. He knows already. Thank you, Simon. Coming up in this hour of the show, there's only one story. What would you do if you were on an aeroplane and someone did a... Well, a... Oh, you say it, Catherine, I can't. Oh, I can't. Kelly, you can say it, can't you? You can say it, Kelly. A giant poo. Oh... I say giant, I say think smelly. We don't know the size of it. 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine. I walked in on a man doing such a thing uh, uh, on a Virgin flight once. Well, not just once, repeatedly. Why don't people lock the door? Aye, aye, aye. He was probably, you know, probably relaxed in there with his trousers around his ankles. Those toilets, I mean, I like to take my shoes off as soon as I'm on a plane. Travel, I travel in my stocking yeah, feet, but yeah. boy, oh boy, have I had damp feet before. Well, And you can understand why, because you get a bit of turbulence while you're standing up having a jimmy. Uh, it's going to go everywhere, but still, wipe it up. It happens here at BBC Three Counties. I don't think this building suffers from turbulence. But yet still. Some of those bass lines that Tony Blackburn plays <laughs> That'll be pretty pumped. That would be this is, Our tongues are in our cheeks. This is actually a very, very serious story. And uh, I'm keen to get your thoughts on this, please. 08459 455555. A plane heading from Heathrow to Dubai on Thursday uh, was... Well, it had to turn around and return back to Heathrow partway through a seven-hour flight. What happened? Well, uh, a local Hertfordshire councillor from Potter's Bar, Abhishek Sakdev, was on board. Good morning, Abhishek. Thank you for joining us. What exactly happened? Um, so we were on the flight. That The flight took off at uh, about 8 o'clock or something in the evening. Um, we, specific, we specifically booked a night flight, actually, because I've got a young daughter. Um, and then about sort of 20 minutes into the flight, we hear the pilot say, you know, he calls for the senior cabin crew to, to come to the flight deck. Um, so that was a little bit alarming, first of all. Um, and then 10 minutes later, he makes an announcement, um, and he basically said, there's no need to, to, to worry, there's no technical problems or difficulties with the flight, but there is a horrible smell, a pungent smell coming from uh, one of the toilets. We've tried to investigate it, we've tried to fix it, but we're not able to, and it's basically liquid facial excrement. Um, well, that, that's Niles has switched off. Blimey. And the, the pilot said this. He actually said those exact words, liquid facial excrement. I will not forget that at all. Um, and then he said, basically, we have to turn around wow. uh, and, and go back to, 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 to Heathrow, and there'll be another flight in three hours' time. 
Um, and then so then basically we, we were around Bel- we were over Belgium at the time, and then we proceeded to dump. We put, I, 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 I to to dump. No, sorry. I thought it was a joke. First of all, oh. and the, the flight actually did turn around, and then we dumped the fuel because you can't sort of land with too much fuel. Another on. liquid dump. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, so we dumped the fuel, and then we, we landed back at Heathrow, and then he said, uh, and then as soon as we landed, they said, oh, by the way, it's, instead of a three-hour delay, it's now going to be a fifteen-hour delay. Oh, I bet the mood on the uh, aeroplane uh, turned even darker than it probably was. Yeah, it was. I mean, fifteen uh, you know, hours. It was just ridiculous, and especially you know for people like you know, people like me, other parents like me who are young children, it was very difficult because you know we chose a nighttime flight to allow our kids to sleep, and then the next day the flight was going to be uh, in the middle of the daytime. Uh, I mean, to be fair to BA, they did put us up in uh, in a hotel that night, mm. and, uh, it did give us food vouchers and things like that. But you know, to lose effectively a whole day from your holiday is a very significant. Loss. You, just to check, you're, you're, the lines look great, and that, that's because you're in Dubai now. You got there eventually, didn't you, Abhishek? Yeah. Yeah, 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 we got there the next okay. day. Um, but effectively, we missed out a whole day of our trip. And in fact, I'm just speaking to some other passengers right now. And, you know, there are some people who went for a four-day trip. And, you know, they've oh. lost the day of their four-day trip. So it's not nice, really. Uh, you, you tweeted about it, didn't you? Do you remember your exact tweet? I, I do remember the exact tweet because it's been uh, retweeted a number of times. Um, the reason why I tweeted that actually was my, my, my two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. She asked me, saying, Daddy, why are we um, turning back? Because she was really excited to be on the plane. Mm. I said to her, someone's done a smelly poo, so we have to change plane. Um, and when we landed and the pilot said there's a 15-hour delay, I got so frustrated, uh, I literally just tweeted exactly the same thing that I said to my daughter. Somewhat, we've returned back to Heathrow because of a smelly poo in the toilet. Who, who smelt it first, Abhishek? Uh, I actually have no idea. In fact, in fact, I didn't even smell it at all anyway. Uh, I mean, we were kind of near the front of the plane. Mm. Um, but, but I didn't actually smell it. Even exiting the plane from the front, we still didn't smell it. But uh, Do you know who dealt it? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, look, the plane food hadn't even been served. So <laughs> I'm so sorry. Even, you can't even blame the plane food. But it may have been from someone on a previous flight because, you know, it was quite early on in the flight. So you don't know who supplied it, but, but did someone deny it? Uh, well, no, no one, no, no, no one knows anything about it. To be honest with you, uh, it may have been, been more than one person. Who knows? Because so, but there's some, the thing about this is, Abhishek, is, is there must have been someone on that plane cringing with embarrassment because they knew that that uh, missile had been fired from their bottom. And uh, did, did no one kind of? I suppose you wouldn't. You wouldn't stand up and go, "Sorry, guys, I'm really sorry. You know, I'm not feeling too good." That person, even though it was a British flight, that person would have got lynched. Yeah. You? Because the anger that people had at losing their, you know, a, day, a trip of their holiday, that person would have got into a lot of trouble. I think. I suppose if no one's prepared to stand up and do a rhyme, then you, you'll never know who did the crime. Uh, an overreaction? Do you think Abhishek to turn the plane around? Uh, look, I, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, I can smell it. So I guess if you know, if there's a lot of pal- if there's a lot of passengers, you know, having to suffer with that smell, that. Yeah. You know, I mean, ultimately, it's the pilot's call, but, um, but you know, it, it, the cost to, to the airline it would be significant, you know, paying out compensation, mm. the, I hope, which I hope they do, putting everyone up on an, another flight, and accommodation, it's a lot of cost for the airline, and there's a lot of disruption for, you know, 200 passengers or however many there is. Make us sick, Abhishek. What's the weather like in Dubai? Uh, it's beautiful at the oh. <laughs> 28 degrees. Oh. <laughs> and does it smell okay over there? 
beautiful here. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Uh, go and go and. Uh, how, how old are your kids? You said one's two. Have you got another one? Yes, I've got a two and a half year old, and uh, I've got another one on the way. Oh. oh, mate. Well, let's listen. Go and go and enjoy the, the the two and a half year old. Go and have a fantastic holiday, and I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you very much indeed. What a nice gentleman, Abhishek Sakdev, Hertfordshire councillor from Potter's Bar. Um, fair play. He, he, he took time out of his uh, his Dubai holiday, where it's twenty eight flipping degrees, to uh, to speak to an idiot like me. Thank you, Abhishek. I appreciate that. Um, so let's just check. He didn't sm- smell it or deal it. No, it was not smelt. It was not dealt. Uh, it does seem an overreact. I mean, surely because I mean it must have been a stinker. Because no, it must have been because you can lock. Obviously, you can lock the toilets if you can't clean it up. You can lock it. I do think that's so disrespectful. If you have done uh, a messy poo, you've got to clean it up. You have to clean it up. Otherwise, uh, I, 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 well, I was going to tell you a personal story, but I probably won't, because Niall and his fictional children will be upset. But, um, oh, dear. I mean, to, I, if I... I don't believe it was one instance. I think that maybe the um, the no. this whole system was faulty, no. and you have to have the facilities available. There are other. There would have been other toilets on there. Yeah. Uh, if I'd have been right near it, I'd have put up with the smell for a... Would you? Instead of waiting 15 hours, yes, I think so. I think I could have put up with it for six and a half hours instead of waiting for 15 hours for another flight. Yes. My sister used to work on planes. Uh, it's not her, is it? No, as an air the hostess. The plopper. She used to say that they used to have to leave them to give them a good airing after just a normal, a regular long-haul flight because of the uh, various gases that were released in the course of the flight. So imagine if you've got that mixed in with a faulty toilet. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. You can text as well, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Catherine? Also, news coming in from Amptill. Oh, yeah, what's happening? Amptill Home. Do you remember when um, Amptill was outraged by the... Uh, Amptill op- Rifles, Amptill Rifles. By the opening of a table dancing club in uh, the right in the middle of the historic Georgian market town. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's something else they've got. That's closed down now. That was that was a flash in the pan, wasn't it? Oh, really? That's a shame. I was, was going to take you there for your birthday. No, they changed it. I was hoping now I might be able to... No, I won't. Uh, so, uh, anyway, there's another shop that's been opened there. I say shop, cafe... For vapists. Oh. Yeah. So you can go in there and vape to your heart's content. I thought you could anyway. Is it banned in cafes? It's, it's, or just frowned It, it might be banned, and uh, some places don't don't encourage it, but that's obviously uh, their, their little gimmick. Is that, is that, that's not, um, is that Lord Shaler that's opened that? I don't know. Because he's the fellow that owned the, um, the, the lap dancing club, the mm. only gentleman that Justin Dealey is afraid of. Yeah. Lord Shaler. Yeah. Um, He's disappeared off. I'm sure he'll be back at some point. Lots of uh, texts. Sorry, lots of tweets about the poo story. Mr T says, I ain't getting on no plane, poo. <laughs> Laura says, can you imagine being that person? Yeah, Mum, we eventually got there, but my poo made the news. Johnny Walker says, why didn't someone open a window? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very, that's very sharp. Well done, yes, yes, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've also been. Like um, one, Kelly. It's good, though, isn't it? We've also been reprimanded. You know, our oh, yeah. earlier lead, the proper lead that we were doing about um, the woman who was looking for people who oh. worked alongside her late husband. Yeah, very, very serious story. This was uh, Eileen Brimmel, whose husband uh, Clive um, died. Uh, where was it? November 2013, because of um, 
Well, Expo- I can, exposure I can to never, asbestos. I can never say the name of that disease. Mesothelioma. So thank you very much. And uh, she was looking for people who may have worked with him at uh, Nabisco or Lincoln Electric. In Welling Garden City. Yeah. Uh, we've been reprimanded. Oh, Edward uh, says, it's disappointing to hear you try to help uh, blame claim. Um, no matter what this widow gets, profiting out of her husband's death will not get him back. And she said that herself. Yeah. The lessons have already been learnt with asbestos. This helps no one, says Edward in Blunham. Um, well, Edward... Um, I don't think we can. Been learnt? I, I don't. We th- th- we've had a, a few stories on here about exposure to asbestos, and um, of course, it, well, I mean, we, listen, we've, we, we got, Ireland didn't want to come on. She's so upset, and that's absolutely fine. I don't think you can speak for her and what this will achieve for her. No, of course, it won't bring Clive back, but in some for some people, and I can imagine this financial uh, recompense is kind of it's it's the people responsible kind of admitting responsibility admitting liability so it, it it's not necessarily about the money although hey wouldn't that be good to get some and money let's remember he was only 59 and i don't know was she still dependent on him financially in which case the money actually is important i don't know if he was still working uh, you know before he, he he took poorly and so she was financially dependent in which case well then the money is really significant and is important but also it's it's um it's it, it, People receiving a financial payout, and let me try and explain this. People receiving a financial payout, it's often just an acceptance that their story is true and is right. Uh, and then Edward might say, well, in that case, why, why don't they give the money to charity? Well, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think you can have a she go at She may Eileen. decide to do that. I don't think you can have a go at Eileen for, for trying to get a few quid out of it. The other at thing all. is that in, at the moment, it's the same thing when we talk about suing the NHS, isn't it? At the moment, the only way to force change through seems to be hitting people in the pocket. That's what the lawyers would argue. Oh, we can put that out there. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Do you think people in this situation, in Eileen's situation, and let's, let's kind of talk loosely about it. I don't want to kind of focus on her specifically. She's lost her flipping husband for goodness sakes. But people in that situation uh, making financial claims. Um, do you think that's appropriate, or as Edward says, actually, it's just read Edward's message again if you can, because okay. he phrased it interestingly. He says um, the lessons of uh, no matter what this widow gets from prof- profiting out of her husband's death. That's that's cold. Okay, yep. It will not get him back. The lessons have already been learnt with asbestos. This helps no one. Do you agree with Edward? There we go. 08459 four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's busy on the M1 southbound between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. And it's also looking slow on the M14 northbound between Junction 1 for the Denham roundabout and the M25. Looking at speed sensors in Beaconsfield on Park Lane, it's slow southbound leading up to London Road and on the approach to the Pybush roundabout, it's busy there too. And in Chisel Green on the North Orbiter Road, it's busy around Watford Road around the Shell roundabout. Looking at the train departure boards, there are no reports of any major delays at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 8.17 or thereabouts. It's Thursday the 19th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Police have stepped up patrols in the Buckinghamshire village of Nash following the murder of a man there on Tuesday. A Hertfordshire widow says she is desperate to secure justice after her husband died as a result of being exposed to asbestos. And the Chancellor, George Osborne, has resisted pressure to give more details on the public spending cuts the Conservatives will make in the next Parliament. BBC Three Counties Radio. We 
are getting lots of texts and phone calls on the poo story. Jonathan, do you want us to keep some aside for you for after nine o'clock? Um, no, feel free to use them all up. OK, I mean, you probably will generate loads of uh, content. I'm assuming you're doing the poo story after nine, is that right? Um, no. What? No, well, we do want to tread on your toes. You hey. know, you've done it so well. Well, I don't, listen, I don't mind, it's our lead. So uh, I don't mind at all. If you, if you want to pick it up, honestly, it's, it will be an honour. I, I don't mind uh, if you want to use any of the audio from the show or if you want me to come in and talk about it or... I don't... I mean... I'll, I'll have a chat with the production team. OK, brilliant, and, brilliant, uh, brilliant, we'll, brilliant. We'll get back to you. Well, why have you got shoes on the windowsill? Well, you see, um, my team, Kelly Betts, likes to bully me. And she bullies me by hiding my things. She hid my shoes. I found them. I'm showing to her. I know exactly where my shoes are. Right. They're on the windowsill. They're not really shoes, though, are they? They're like um, Go on. hiking boots. Yeah, they're walking shoes. Walking shoes. <laughs> what, what, what other kind of shoes are there? Running shoes? What, what, uh, Tap shoes? What, what hiking do you do? Huh? What hiking do you do? Don't buy yourself time. <laughs> do you know what? They are the most comfortable. I are bought they? those, I bought a pair of Converse, and I bought some nice suede shoes. Um... But they're the most comfortable shoes in the world, these walking shoes. It's like walking on air. I really? love it. I mean, they don't look attractive at all, but they're so comfortable, so supportive, so satisfying to tie up. Love it. I've got my most comfortable shoes on today, but yep. I'm going to show you something that I don't show. Ooh. They desperately need repairing. Is it your hole? You're going to show I'm me your hole? I'm going to show you. Well, not just one hole. I've got two holes. Oh, blimey, me too at the moment. But, uh, about it. <laughs> look, look, oh, look. no, look but at those. I just don't want to be without them. To, while they go to the repairers. Well, you you wait till it starts. When it starts getting wet out there, you'll you'll get a damp sock. I know. Damp sock I'm is waiting the worst in, than trench foot. Waiting until. Uh, do you think my I might get gangrene? Trench foot Vernon Smith. They're going to call you <laughs> from now on. I've decided. Uh, what well, if you're not doing poo at nine? What are you doing? Uh, we're doing the budget. We're doing the budget okay, and okay, the, okay, yes, yeah. the well, interesting. <laughs> you, interesting. You, you say, choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, it is the front page of every single paper today. And we are heading towards a general election. So, from nine this morning, I'm going to be asking, who do you trust to run the economy well? George Osborne says, Britain is a comeback country. The roof has been fixed, the sun is shining, and once again we're walking tall. He thinks his austerity plan has worked, and if the Conservatives stay in power, we can start spending again by 2019. Shadow Chancellor Ed Ball says Osborne's budget is pretty empty, his spending cuts are a scary prospect, and we should all be worried that he made no reference to future investment in the NHS. Ed Miliband and Mr Osborne's speech was a budget people won't believe. Uh, sorry, Ed Miliband says that Mr Osborne's speech was a budget people won't believe. Well, we'll hear from the Liberal Democrats later today, and I want to hear your reaction. Who do you trust to run the economy well? I mean, it, it's now come, and they're, they're talking about the battle lines have been drawn. Mm. It's now a very clear decision, isn't it? Who do we trust more to run the economy? Is it going to be George Osborne, mm. or is it going to be Ed Balls? You will have had, I'm sure, your chance to uh, digest what was announced yesterday and, of course, reflect on the last few years and what is likely to happen after the next election. I'm very interested to get your, your general reaction to this. Who do you trust to run the economy well? Get your call in. We'll discuss it after nine on 08459 455 555. But if that doesn't pick up... Then we might do the poo one. Excellent. Yeah. Good luck. The Six Nations concludes this Saturday. It's a thrilling encounter. And it's all still to play for. It's a brilliant game. Attack and defence on both sides. Starting at 12.30 with Italy against Wales. Scott Williams with a try. That brilliant.
then from 2.30 can Ireland retain the title away to Scotland. It is gathered, it's Henshaw, it's Ireland on the scoreboard. And at five, the match that decides the championship, England play France. The Six Nations, this Saturday from 12.30 on BBC One and across the BBC. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, people using fixed odds betting machines in the three counties have lost 50 million quid to bookmakers over the past year. The Campaign for Responsible Gambling wants a price cap on the terminals, which apparently, we've been getting this wrong all morning, we've been saying you can uh, spend 100 quid a minute. It's 100 quid every 20 seconds on some of these machines, on video slots or roulette in betting shops. Milton Keynes was the worst in the area, with people losing around £5.5 million. Uh, Well, Chris Scott is the Salvation Army's Divisional Director of Community Services. Morning, Chris. Good morning. What's uh, the Salvation Army's involvement with all of this? Well, in in your area, in the three counties, uh, we operate three debt advice centres, and they're FCA-regulated, very professional set-ups based within churches. And out of those, we kind of do sort of, I suppose, three key things. Uh, The first is kind of what we call bottom-of-the-cliff activity, guys who are in debt, in a kind of very desperate situation, many of whom often might be contributed to by gambling and other kind of factors. Um, We also do the top of the cliff stuff, which is like budgeting money advice, and that's trying to prevent people getting into that situation in the first place. And then we've got the whole thing of being a church community of like friendship support, because like with everyone, we always find we're more complex than just having one problem, you know, contributing to our lives. We, We kind of need help on many, many levels. Um, and support, it is hard for people to talk about being in debt, isn't it? So the support thing is actually possibly one of the most important aspects that you offer. It's extremely hard. I mean, um, we've just got countless stories of, uh, say, a guy turning up at one of our centres in a suit, nice car, a professional job, walks in, the door shuts, and once he's in the confines, the guy breaks down into tears, can't see his way out. But you would never... You would never mm. see that on that guy out on the street, you know. That's um, so we we really work hard to keep a really confidential service of one that sort of looks at the whole person, you know, the whole thing that's going on with them, the relational breakdown, you know, all that kind of pressure. Do you hear stories about these um, th- th- these gambling machines that allow you to to, to spend a hundred quid every twenty seconds? Yeah, yeah, we have, we have, um, yeah, we do, and we, and we have examples of that. We had um, a guy, uh, one of our services, who was um, spending, I think, two thousand pound a day. Um, uh, on these machines, um, never challenged by the people in the establishment. Um, so yeah, it's um, it, it's quite frightening. I mean, I was doing some reading last night. I was I was shocked at just how much money you could spend so quickly on these machines. Well, it's interesting you mentioned uh, that the gentleman wasn't challenged because we we did speak to uh, Peter Crask from the Association of British Bookmakers, and I've heard this before that that, that staff in these betting shops are trained to recognise problem gamblers and oh. to to go and speak to them, but. I, I do wonder if a day's training is really going to be enough. And, and as I'm sure you know, Chris, addicts lie, don't they? And they're, they're excellent liars. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things we've seen with the 2005 Act and the kind of, essentially, the deregulation of planning is that you can end up with lots of betting shops in one area. Um, because all they need to do, if I understand correctly, is to lock on to um, a, a premises that's got uh, planning to be a financial services, so like an estate agent. 
A financial they... services, that's a brilliant turn of phrase, <laughs> isn't it? Brilliant. Now, now, any addicts, you know, from our experience of working with addicts, if you're, say, an alcoholic and you've got 20 pubs down one road, all people need to know is that you drink about two drinks a day. Yeah, If one yeah. time you work for all 20, no-one's going to really know. And it's the same, isn't it, if you've got lots of opportunities, then you'll just move between the different opportunities and, and you can conceal it that way as well. Um, I, I also wonder, you know, it's, it's a really hard place to put people who work in betting shops in because if their income is dependent on people gambling and their livelihoods dependent on that, it's quite a hard thing to ask them to discourage people at the same time, isn't it? Do you know what? You're, I, I hadn't thought of that, and I'm sh- I, I don't know what the, 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 the average uh, staff employee in a, in a betting shop earns. I would suspect it's not much more than minimum wage. And to, to put that responsibility on them to approach people who may be in trouble... And also, yeah, if, if the shop's takings drop significantly, well, they could be out of a job, couldn't they? Yeah, well, exactly, and, and I would be... I mean, I don't know this, so this would be a question, not a statement, but I would be wondering if managers get any kind of performance-related pay mm. as subject to how much takings they take. Now, I want to be clear, I'm not saying that's the case, no. but, but that would be... if that That's often common in business, isn't it? And if that was happening, then that would be a counterintuitive message. Chris, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly put that out there. I know that yeah. we've got some people who have worked in that industry. Listen, Chris, if, if people... Are, are, are struggling or think they might start struggling or are desperate and they, they're, they're, they've been captivated by what you've said, how do they get in touch? How do they get help from you? So um, they can uh, a simple online search and look at either Luton, uh, Salvation Army, uh, Bedford or Dunstable. Each three, three have got a debt advice service. Equally, just debt advice service Salvation Army and you can talk to us on a national level. Um, they will give you um, details of the number to call. And once that number is phoned, the guys are trained to deal with this very sensitively. It's highly confidential. Like I say, it's FCA regulated. So, you know, we couldn't misbehave if we wanted to. You know, we're very, very tightly watched on this, and rightly so. Chris, it's nice to talk to you, mate. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Chris Scott from the Salvation Army's Divisional Director of Community Services. Isn't this silly, this show? We go from something as serious as that to smelly poo on planes. There's, there's no smooth way of doing it, although, you know, that was the problem on the plane. Ron is on the line. Good morning, Ron. Hi, good morning. What have you got you? for us, boss? Years ago, when I was, I, was wanted to, I was considering starting a security company, so... You didn't do this poo on this plane to Dubai, did you, Ron? No. OK, OK, good, just checking. Uh, this is just a question of uh, what happens when a, a plane arrives to an airport... Um, a Bowser arrives yes. and they connect it underneath the plane and all the whatever's inside um, goes into the Bowser and the Bowser goes away. Then the cleaning staff arrive and clean all the plane out and hopefully check the toilet. Yes. And um, there's one point, you see, sewage actually smells like Minestone soup. Sorry, my sewage doesn't. No, nice. but it does actually. I had, I when I had, I had a clip for following that. I had a, a, a drain cleaning company, nice. and uh, it does actually smell of minestone soup. Isn't that that's marvelous? The point. Uh, it's just an interest. Yeah. Uh, but that's what but happens. But if this poo, if this poo happened when the plane was the first twenty minutes of the flight, Ron, what, what, what can the company do? Well, what happens? What could have happened? One or two things. The Bowser did not clean the toilets properly. Right. Or two, somebody went to the loo, put down loads and loads and loads of toilet paper, mixed up with the with the poo, and it made a block at the bottom on the bottom of the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's flooded out. Well, if only there'd been a block on the, the bottom of the, the person that committed that crime. Ron, I appreciate your expertise on that. Uh, a poo expert there. Uh, 08459 455 555. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very slow from the Denham roundabout towards the M25 and it is looking busy on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. On the A1M towards London it's very slow from Junction 3 for St Albans towards the M25 at South Mims and in Hartford looking at the speed sensors on Hartingford Brew Road that's very busy between Valeside and the A119 Ware Road. Having a look at the train departure boards and there are no major delays showing up there at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Police have stepped up patrols in the Buckinghamshire village of Nash following the murder of a man there on Tuesday. A Harvardshire widow says she's desperate to secure justice after her husband died as a result of being exposed to asbestos. And the Chancellor, George Osborne, has resisted pressure to give more details on the public spending cuts the Conservatives would make in the next Parliament. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. For the second time in three seasons, there are no English clubs in the last eight of the Champions League. Manchester City lost 1-0 in Barcelona last night to go out of the Champions League 3-1 on aggregate. But City boss Manuel Pellegrini isn't concerned about his future. It's not the moment to try to explain different things. I think that it's very important for this team to try to every year to win something. But I don't think it's absolutely necessary to think that you that you improve. At the end of the season, we'll see which is the analyze, we'll see which is the future. But I repeat, for me, I don't have any problem, any worry about that. Tonight in the Europa League, Everton are away to Dynamo Kiev, leading 2-1 from the first leg. In League Two, leaders Burton are five points clear of Shrewsbury and Wickham after a 2-1 win over another promotion hopeful South End. Wickham, meanwhile, host a fans forum at Adams Park this evening. The Wanderers Trust will officially launch a share scheme which aims to raise £2 million over a five-year period. Roy Hodgson will name his England squad for the upcoming internationals against Lithuania and Italy this lunchtime, with Spurs' Harry Kane expected to receive his first senior call-up. In rugby, Stuart Lancaster names his England team for Saturday's Six Nations finale against France this morning. After three consecutive second-place finishes, captain Chris Robshaw says it's vital England go one better. As a player, you want to be picking up silverware, don't you? And unfortunately, in the last two or three times, it's, it's eluded us, unfortunately, twice on points. So, of course, yeah, it's hugely important for this group of guys to try and win something. But it's also extremely important to win at Twickenham, um, especially with the World Cup kind of looming around the corner. We want to make sure and get into a real kind of winning habit there. And at the Cricket World Cup, India and Bangladesh are bidding to join South Africa in the semi-finals. India reached 302 for six from their 50 overs. The Bangladesh reply is just getting underway. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. sailing ship there were 40 boys and girls they would sail their ship around the globe so they called it the united world the ship was just three weeks from shore when a hurricane bore it down the waves were big as mountains they found they would surely drown they jumped into the lifeboats rolled away from the wreck they didn't count them they hadn't time five children 
Talking about asbestos, we were speaking to Eileen. Uh, 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 we were speaking about Eileen Brimmel, who uh, believes her husband Clive may have uh, come into contact with toxic fibres. Um, Gareth's on the line. Good morning, Gareth. Good morning. What would you like to say? Uh, yeah, I was I was driving to work and happened to uh, be listening and heard about that. Um, the, the, the chap, was it Ed that had said about oh, compensation yeah. Catherine, all of that? Have you got Edward's, uh, yes. Edward's text? So basically, this woman is she's uh, appealing for people who may have worked with her husband um, so that they can get evidence so they can they can sue these companies. It was and Edward, Edward in got in touch. Then what did Edward yeah, say? Yeah, he said he was disappointed that we were trying to help an Irwin Mitchell blame claim. Hello. He said no matter what this widow gets, profiting out of her husband's death will not get him back. The lessons have already been learnt with asbestos. This helps no one. Go on, uh, Gareth. What do you want to say? Yeah, um, people haven't learnt from asbestos. It's it's not as clear cut as that. Um, I lost my nan three years ago now to mesothelioma, and it it just you know the legal process is just messy, and it's not as straightforward as as, as he thinks. You know, we should be making more awareness of it, and you know if. Money is is the way to actually get to that point. Then, unfortunately, that's the only way we've got. Don't, don't name any companies, and I'm, I'm sorry for the loss, your nan. I've spoken to people about this before. And it's a particularly horrible way to go, isn't it? It's 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 not very pleasant oh, at all. Oh no, it, it's it's no, it's just nasty. It's thoroughly unpleasant. Did you did you sue the company that or the the, the, the yeah? Did you sue the company that um, that she contacted uh, it from? Yes, we did. And you got you got money. We did. Um, well, Edward would call that profiteering. You've profiteered, Gareth, from we, your grandmother's we've death. We have, obviously, but no, it, it's not. It wasn't wasn't necessarily to do with the money element of it. it that's the only process that is in place. Why was that it is, so? Uh, and this is what I was trying to explain in a really cack-handed way earlier. On. Why was it so important for you to to to, to take this to court? Because um, although my nan contracted it, she hadn't actually worked with asbestos itself um it was my grandfather who had worked alongside asbestos in the big factories and everything would come home covered in the stuff and my nan contracted it um if you like from him from being at home while he changed his clothes and got washed from washing his clothes And that's and that's what people. I don't think that's what people really realise because everything is everything is focused very much on, you know, the person that has it, and it's generally oh, it's because they've worked somewhere. Mm -hmm. Not well, actually, it's not only the person who's got it; it's who has been in touch with them. 
And that's that's equally as problematic. Do you know what, Gareth? I, I didn't know that. I certainly didn't realise that. And uh, it, that that's uh, absolutely incredible. I really appreciate your call this morning. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Thank you very much indeed. Adam from Hemel would agree. He says uh, on the text, I disagree with Edward in Blondham. People in this situation are in a world of pain and if a bit of cash can help make a terrible situation slightly more bearable, then why not? Well, as Gareth says, it's, the, the cash to them wasn't important. Well, then why go for the cash? It's might the possibly be Edward's argument. But it's the principle and it's someone putting up their hands and going, yeah, we screwed up. And also, I didn't know that. that you could. It's kind of obvious now he said it, but you could, by cleaning someone's clothes, you, you're, of course you're going to breathe in those fumes, I suppose. Also, in that situation, would, would a letter with something like lessons have been learned oh, have made you feel better? The lesser, this is one of my worst things when we get statements from people. Well, lessons have been learned. OK, well, it took a baby dying for, you know, it took someone to, to, to be given the wrong gr- drug for lessons to be learned. We've That's... heard about uh, flowcharts being drawn, drawn up as well, oh. haven't we, in relation to, to things that have happened where people have been let down. Um, uh, I, uh, I can see why the cash might be slightly more appropriate. Gareth, I really appreciate your call. Thank you. Uh, Matt's in Bedford. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Ian. What, what you got for us, Matt? Well, I was just going to say that really sometimes money is the only thing that um, makes these companies accountable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, is sad, but it is. It's the only way that you and I can actually bring these companies to account when they have actually done wrong. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't blame anyone whatsoever for... For, for doing that. It's, it's, as Catherine says, it's very easy for a company to write a, a letter saying we're very sorry and lessons have been learnt. Sometimes these companies, they, they, they don't actually feel um, uh, uh, punished or, or repentant unless they're writing a cheque. No, it, exactly. And I, it's a completely different situation. But, I mean, I had a situation at the end of last year whereby my energy provider wanted to, wanted to come and change my meter for me. So they... So we set a date and um, they never showed. Now, I'm self-employed and I lost out today's work because of it. And they said, well, I'm sorry, but we're only going to pay you 22 quid for a missed payment fee. Yet I'd lost out on 165 quid's worth of work. Um, and I managed to get it back. Um, How did you get it back? Well, they, they said that our engineer visited the property. Um, they said um, that he tried to ring you and didn't get hold of you. I said, well, I was waiting in literally all day for you. Oh, yeah. Um, and I showed them a photo. He said he couldn't get access to the gates. I said, well, um, there are two pedestrian gates either side of the main gate. And he sent me a photo showing me... Um, the gates. I said, well, but, you know, he can see the two pedestrian gates. He can also see my flat and he can also see a tradesman's button on the entry phone. So there is no reason, unless he's disabled and in a wheelchair, why he can actually get, get up those stairs. A tradesman's button? You're very posh, Matt. I'm going to move on because we're going slightly off the topic, but I, I thank you for that. And I, I, uh, I had a very similar um, uh, argument with the delivery company a while ago. So well, the, 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 I, was, I was in all day and uh, I, I went to uh, look out the door to see if they'd maybe left the parcel by the door, as they sometimes do. And there was a note through the door saying, well, we tried to deliver, but no one was in. Get this. I had one that claimed that I'd signed for something. Oy! So I phoned up the company and after about five calls yeah i said can you show me this sign- I can, can i send you my signature because yeah. i can guarantee it's not mine that you've got they yeah. weren't interested in even looking at my signature yeah yeah after a while they did and it turned out that uh it wasn't my signature was it yeah i thought so it was them yeah there yeah i thought so i had a replacement thing brought Same to me, me a replacement thing brought to me yeah and about three weeks later a rather red looking man came with the original thing and then took it back again oh blimey 
Dennis is in Milton Keynes. We're getting a real insight, Dennis, aren't we, into how Catherine Boyle's uh, deviant mind works? Uh, possibly. <laughs> what are you referring to? Me mounting the <laughs> charity box? Yes, I am. Dennis, what you got for us? Uh, I have to admit that I was the creator of a similar situation as to the British Airway uh, smell. Oh, blimey, this is the fella. Just a reminder for people that have just tuned in. Eight o'clock, our lead story was a gentleman was a local councillor, very respected member of the community, was uh, 20 minutes into a seven-hour flight to Dubai. The flight had to be turned around because someone had done a smelly poo. Dennis, are you saying this was you? No, not to know. I didn't do it in the plane. I did a similar thing a few years before that, which caused exactly the same crisis luckily we weren't in the air it was a a business unit and i'll make this as uh, tasteful as possible now i don't know how tasteful a story about a smelly poo can actually be dennis but but i appreciate you trying well i have to give you a bit of background during that time i was a very uh, excessive meat eater and that doesn't do well for the the bodily functions um and they they, they are particularly uh, nasty odorous things Anyway, I was, uh, had a week off holidays uh, during the Christmas period, and I was helping a friend out uh, complete some, some work for a, a business job he was doing. Yes. OK, and so... Was it a big job? Yes, it was a very big job. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead in the story. I do apologise. We'll get no, to that in a minute. No, 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 carry on. Let's try and get as many uh, carry-on jokes <laughs> as we can. <laughs> so sorry, go on. That's all right. So, now, these were late... Uh, 18th century, so yeah, mid 18th century malt houses, the oast houses, you know, the sort of things you get around the countryside, yeah, yeah. old brewery places yep. that have been converted up into small little business units. So they were like, uh, a, you know, a house had been converted into six flats, you know, very tiny business units, no air, no, no windows to open. Anyway, I'd gone in on this day and I was caught short. So I went down to the next floor down. And imagine this is a very old, cold sort of building with those lovely old sort of uh, black and green bricks everywhere. And I went into this tiny little toilet, which was a Victorian toilet, no window, and I did what I had to do. But I was in there for 20 minutes, that's how difficult it was. And when I came out, I thought, oh, my goodness me. You know, so anyway, I went up to stairs to work. And next thing I know, the fire alarms went off. Now, I thought, well, how can there be a fire in here? <laughs> And the reason was they were evacuating the building to try and investigate this terrible stench. And it was at least 60 people standing downstairs in the car park, all looking up, and I just hid behind the curtains. <laughs> so, hang on, the, your stench was so powerful, yes. the fire brigade were called no, out. No, 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 they, they triggered the fire alarms in the building to, to tell people to get out because they wanted to investigate what the smell was. Dennis, and have you ever been able to uh, replicate that again? Uh, not to that extent, no. I, I am very meticulous now what I do, but I, I've never told anybody this story or admitted to it. But my friend who was, I was working with, he said, somebody's done a real nasty damn, and they said he's a rotten being. <laughs> and you never put your hands up now. Is Dennis your real name? No. <laughs> Dennis, the phantom dumper in Milton Keynes. Wow. really are uh, uh, plumbing new depths, plumbing being the operative word. Last 15 minutes of the show, we'll have Dealey in a bit, 08459 455 555. Hey, we'll chew the fat with Justin Dealey, that's what we're doing the last 15 minutes. If you've got a question for Dealey, give us a call, you can put it to him. It doesn't have to be about poo, it can be about anything. 08459 455 555. Coming up, we'll be chewing the fat 
with Justin Dealey. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Ryslip, West End Road has been partially blocked by an accident at Torrington Road, which is causing delays from Ryslip Station and on Bedford Road to Ryslip Garden Station. And that's also causing, uh, it's also adding to the problems on the M14 northbound, which is busy from the Denham roundabout towards the M25. Looking at the M25, anti-clockwise, it's busy between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. And it's looking heavy in Hartford on the A414 between the Vale side eastbound towards Ware Road. And on the Having a look at the train departure boards, the 849 service from High Wycombe to Marleybone has been cancelled. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. It's Thursday the 19th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Police have stepped up patrols in the Buckinghamshire village of Nash following the murder of a man there on Tuesday. Six people, including three teenagers, have been jailed for a violent attack in Wickham, which ended in a shooting. And the Chancellor, George Osborne, has resisted pressure to give more details on the public spending cuts the Conservatives will make in the next Parliament. Coming up, we'll be chewing the fat with Justin Dealey. Before that, though, let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. It's going to be a dry day today, but it will be a rather cloudy one, cloudier than it was yesterday. Temperatures currently 4 or 5 degrees across the three counties. We'll see them rise to around 9 or 10 by the afternoon, hopefully a little bit brighter into the afternoon. The winds are still light. The air quality is still a bit poor, actually, but that will change in the forecast over the next couple of days. We'll see a slight change in wind direction. Overnight tonight, then, there'll be quite a lot of cloud. Temperatures dipping down to 3 or 4 degrees, staying, staying cloudy, staying dry, and then into tomorrow of course we've got the partial solar eclipse at 9 30 that ian doesn't want to hear any more about but yeah but we might not see it at all so. <laughs> but they'll have to say northern areas northern areas like of hertfordshire perhaps in sort of milton Keynes area not badly placed to see something i have to say so um so you might well get lucky there as it were um things will brighten up into the afternoon by then i know it will be too late but uh you know cross your fingers and keep tuned to the forecast things over the weekend um looking dry actually uh, there'll be more of a northwesterly flow so that means we're going to get some cooler air coming down uh, the air quality will certainly improve and and, um, and we'll also get some good spells of sunshine at times. That's the forecast. As the general election gets closer, we want to know what you really think. Sometimes it gets a bit boring, I think. But we kind of feel like nothing changes. The Parliament really needs a good shake-up. We're holding a number of debates across beds, hearts and bucks, focusing on the biggest issues. The national health. I think that's a big concern at the moment. Immigration, probably. I think education, more than anything. If you'd like to take part and have your say, you can register your interest right now. Email 3cr at bbc.co.uk or call 08459 455 555. I always do the vote because I think it's uh, my right to vote. Election 2015 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, we've got a few uh, uh, serious texts to do and then we'll uh, crack on and we're going to chew the fat with Justin Dilly. If you've got a question for Justin, anything you want to ask him about um, being a man, being alive, being uh, working in radio or stories from the street, 08459 555. That's yeah, coming ask up. Him, ask him about ask, dealing in fact, not fiction. Ask away. Yeah, ask. Ask. Peter and Hemel 
No, no, no phone calls so far, by the way. She just flagged that up. So if you call now, there's a very strong chance you'll get them. Right, Peter let's do in, this. Peter in Hemel sent us a text message instead of ringing us up, and that's fine. I was angry with regard to uh, that text earlier on. The lessons are far from being learnt. I'm a health and safety professional working in construction for 25 years. We worked with asbestos as late as 1999 when it was banned in the UK. Buildings are full of it, including schools and homes. We were not fully made aware of all the products that contained ACMs until the law changed in 1987. I could go on and on, but people need to be aware. And this one from Anne, who says, My husband also died of asbestosis just 20 months ago, aged 63. Uh, the same group of lawyers dealt with his case. It was the hospital that said we must sue. My, hus- my husband only survived 14 weeks from diagnosis. Oh, it happens very quickly, doesn't it? Yes, his medical record showed he would have possibly lived to 84 if he'd not contracted this awful illness. Mm. He looked like a man in his 90s. It's... We won his case, but I didn't expect to become a widow at 61. No, no. And, and it is, uh, I don't want to go into details, but it, it, we've heard from previous guests it's a thoroughly unpleasant way to go. Thoroughly unpleasant. So I don't think you can... Uh, there are some times when you hear uh, people suing for a bit of compo, you think, oh, really? Come on. But I don't think you could begrudge the, 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 the poor widow in this situation. No, I remember that. he was 59 when he died. Edward, if you, Edward, you sent me a text in. If you're still listening, you, wanna, you can text in or you can give us a call. You're more than welcome to. Anything else? That'll do, I think. Chewing the fat with Justin D. Chewing. Chewing. Here he is. It's the legend. It's the man. It's the legend. It's Mr. Lover Lover. Oh, romantic. Justin Dealey. Morning, lovely. How are you? I'm very, very well. We are chewing the fat with Justin Dealey this morning. If you want to put your questions to JD, J Dog, 08459455555. Very busy on the lines. Let's go straight to the phones. Kelly, who's on line one? On line one is. there's nobody, is there? D- Dario, Dario. Nobody's. Nobody's. No. Westerning. Hello. That's it's no. That's, All right, boss. It's that's embarrassing. That's that's Kath and Kelly. You got no call, seriously. Dario, no question. What, what question would you like to put to Justin? Dario G. What question would you like to put to Justin? Daily, how do you deal um, with telling fact from fiction? I'm gonna I'm gonna put their microphones down, yeah, Justin. It's yeah. embarrassing for them. It's embarrassing for you. If anyone's got a question, phone in now. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Just keep it real. I'm a tender man today. Just keep it real. Why are you tender, boss? Ah, the doctor over yesterday. Sorry? You yeah. had the doctor over what? Well... <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Well, do you, are you all right? Yeah, I'm OK, boss. I'm surviving. B- I'm surviving. B- it's, it's, you know, stress working with you. Bum trouble? Um, no. Oh, you, oh, I know. I know. Sorry, yes. No, it's not that either. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. You got it restrung? <laughs> <laughs> No, my guitar's fine. Okay, good. I just—it's just annoying. When I first got a guitar, I was—I was snapping strings all the time. Yeah, very rarely get it out these days. <laughs> uh, well, uh, listen, mate. I hope you uh, listen. I hope—I hope you, you're well. Thank you. I mean that most sincerely. Thank you. I appreciate the One thing. Is it something we should be alerting Pride of Britain about? Uh, no, it's not that serious, guys. It's been going on for 18 months, and uh, now I'm dealing with it. Are you being stalked by a doctor? Is that what you no, mean? No, I'm not being stalked by a doctor. So why are you knocking I, a doctor I can't, over? I can't think of anything sexier than being stalked by a doctor. Have you seen my doctor? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. What? Have you been into a doctor's surgery recently? Uh, yeah. Great-looking doctors. Call me now. Oh. <laughs> Lines are dead. I'd... Can we say this? Oh, I don't no. think I've ever seen an attractive doctor. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Dr. Ranch. 
Oh, no, his mouth's too busy. Well, no, but in his selection, no. I'd go for ranch. No, 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 no. Um, the sun, Justin. Yeah, you got very angry about this, this eclipse, didn't you? flipping eclipse gets right Come on, on my Come on, talk wick. to me. Open up. Why are you so angry? Remind me. Because it, I just don't get that. It's the arrogance of the sun, Justin. Yeah. The <laughs> arrogance. Oh, come and have a look at me not being there for about 30 seconds tomorrow. Oh, yeah. the, the BBC. It's like, it's like there's a story about a dog reading a map. The BBC yeah, yeah. is wetting itself with anticipation of this flipping, boring, <laughs> natural phenomenon. But, yeah, but happening uh, tomorrow. Between uh, 8.24 don't care. and 10.41. Yeah, don't care. Now, I was going to say to you, because uh, around 20 minutes ago, mm. I had a conversation with somebody, oh. and uh, if you'd like me to be live on location with a group of people tomorrow morning for your programme, that can be arranged. I suppose we probably have to, because we're well, the no, BBC. We don't have to. It's your call. You'd be surprised how little call I get, sir. <laughs> uh, a bunch of sad cases, are they? That might be funny. To yes, yes, I'm sure they will be, yes. You've taken this to the streets, Just. Are people that bothered? Yep, um, some interesting views here. Some people are bothered, but they don't know when it's happening. Uh, here's what people had to say. Taking it to the streets with J-Dog. Fiona, Ian Lee sent me out onto these mean streets this morning. He wants me to find out if you're interested about the eclipse tomorrow. Are you interested at all? Yes, I am. It's quite exciting. Oh, quite exciting. Because it's a new thing and it's going to happen and we're here. So what's your plans for tomorrow then? What time is it? <laughs> You're not that interested, are no, you? No, I am. It's just it's that... At different times in different home. places. Yeah, it's getting home because I won't be home until about seven. What, in the evening? Yeah. You're going to miss it. It's in the morning. Don't. No, don't. Oh, that's a shame then. You've upset me down now, haven't you? What's the word on the street, sir? You're going to tell me what you're going to tell me what the massive is saying out there, okay? Are people interested in the eclipse tomorrow? Not really, to be honest. Yeah. Can you rap? Can I rap? I can't. Can you rap? Yeah, I can. Tomorrow we're going to be uh, looking at the clips. It's yes. with the sun. I like a nice bun. Yes. Let's have some fun. Yes. Don't bring any guns. Yes. Of course, no guns. No guns. No it's guns. a great, great rap, isn't it? Yes. Hello. The eclipse. Hello. The eclipse. Yeah, tomorrow. No, I don't know what. I don't think it'll make any difference whatsoever to anybody, really. Well, you think nothing's going to happen? No, not in particular. Nothing out of the ordinary. There's going to be a super moon out there. And? <laughs> you don't want to see a super moon? Yeah, it'll make no odds at all. It'll make no difference to anybody else outside the astrologists. So you think the streets are going to be lined with Muppets looking for something and there's going to be nothing there? Yes. Yeah, I'm, uh, see, well, I haven't got any glasses to watch it, but yeah. So you've definitely got an interest? Yeah, got an interest. I wouldn't say I'm so interested, but it happens every 20 years or so, so I may as well watch it. So you've got an interest, you're going to be going out later on to buy your glasses. Mm. One last piece of advice for you. Look after your retina. <laughs> Thanks very much. <sighs> exactly, it happens, you know, I'll, I'll see the next one if I'm around. Well, if, if you want to see darkness, just wait until this evening. Thank but, you, sir. But Thank beat the you. rush tomorrow. Alternatively, close your eyes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, yeah. you have to close your eyes to see this anyway. We said, duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the advice is, whatever uh. you do tomorrow morning, do not take a sun selfie, uh. because you could be damaging your eyes. How? Okay, guys? How? Because uh. if you're a sun selfie, the sun's behind you. That's yeah, really the best place to have it. But, but they're saying any sort of photographs tomorrow looking directly oh. into the sun, you need to have the right equipment, yeah. otherwise you could damage your eyes.
do-it-yourself. They're self. just trying to make it exclusive so that you and I can't get a piece of this pie. There'll yeah. be Ellen DeGeneres and a whole host of celebrities. They'll do yeah. one, I bet you. Yeah. yeah. No, it, 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 it doesn't interest me, Just. I find yeah. it very dull. OK. Very just, boring. Can I just highlight something? I don't know whether we should be sending you out onto the street challenging strangers to rap battles. No. Why? I don't, have you seen 8 Mile? Mm, I suppose, yeah. I haven't. What yeah. happens in it? It gets out of hand. Rap mm. battles. Yeah, mm. that ends all right. But does it, is the middle all right? Yeah, is there Is there not a battle? Yeah, There's there so, is, but it's a rap battle. But is, is there a stab battle? No, it's fine. It, okay. it, well, put it this way, it's, it's on the edge. Themselves. It's 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 on the edge. At any point, it could kick off. Yeah. But but this morning, we got away with it. OK, let's go to the lines, because we are chewing the fat with Justin D. Let's go to line two. Line two, who's there, please? Hiya. Right, that's you, Kelly. No, it's it's a child I can, called I can see you Sally. do it. I'm looking at you. Don't look at me and, and it doesn't sound like... What are you doing, Sally? Are you doing a ventriloquist mouth? It's... <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let them go, Just. Yeah, no worries. OK, well, listen, we're going to keep pushing this idea. Yeah? Yeah? yeah. We'll do it's, some, it's... Do some uh, next week? Yeah, if you want, not a problem. We've got a text in with a question. Oh, go on. It says, do you have a sister called Cat? No, I don't have a sister called Cat. It's a, it's a question which often comes up, but uh, no, I don't have a sister called Cat, but uh, I appreciate the question. It's a great feature. Chewing the fat with Justin D. Chewing. Chewing. OK, so what have we learnt this morning? We've learnt that if there's a smelly pill on an aeroplane, it will turn back. Uh, we've learned that nobody's actually interested in anything that Justin Dealey may or may not have uh, achieved in his life. And we've heard that uh, Catherine likes getting on the back of things and riding. All in all, a very busy show. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's looking slow between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. And on the M1 southbound, it's very busy between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. Looking at Ryslip, the West End Road is partially blocked between uh, at Torrington Road, which is causing delays on the approaches from both Ryslip Station and Ryslip Garden Station. And looking at the A405 North Orbital Road, that's very busy at the Watford Road Shell Roundabout. No reports of any major delays on the train departure boards at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed, Sammy. Niall, who complained about the show earlier on, he's worried that his uh, children, which he hasn't got yet, uh, would be offended by it. He's just called up and said, I, I enjoyed that. Can I have a listen to it? Yes, Niall, you'll be in the podcast. Don't worry. You'll be in the podcast. Speaking of which, if you want to get the podcast, you can go to the BBC Three Counties website or it might be easier for you to go to iTunes. You type in Ian Lee, BBC, it pops up. Thank you, Catherine, Kelly, Justin. Excellent stuff. I've gone a little bit deafer than I, I, I was three hours ago. That's my fault. Not a problem at all. Until tomorrow at six from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, who do you trust to run the economy well? George Osborne says Britain is a comeback...